0: Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and this is our last studio show for a few weeks,
1: isn't it? Before we go off on some travels again. The next studio show will be episode, about like ninety-eight or something. Seven ninety-eight.
0: Goodness me, that's that feels like it's a ways off. There's at
1: least four shows, Steve, which we're doing on the road. Yes,
0: uh, but we'll come on to those yeah. a, a bit later. Not, not, not,
1: not, g- not giving that away straight away. <laughs> no, no, people are tuned out yeah. after, after like thirty seconds. <laughs>
0: we're done. <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're
1: starting with beer and glass tonight, so what, what, glass. what are we starting off with mate? So Hawkshead have been very kind to send us a selection of their new, I want to say new beers or newly canned beers, could be a combination of both. I think it's a bit of both, yeah. Um, and so the first one we've got up is the Mosaic Pale Ale, which comes in at 4%. Okay, so that's, so, a,
0: that's a
1: nice good
0: starter. Easy
1: start, yeah, cheers. Oh, it takes quite a tropical hit actually. Not what I was expecting in the flavour. Oh, no. Me either. Definitely
0: got more of that tropical notes to it. It's tropical notes, but there's also, I want to say,
1: some tart berries there's, there going is, on in that. I uh, know what you're saying. Um, dry finish, though, which is nice. Yeah, um, exceptionally dry. It's not really giving much away in a can, to be fair. So, mosaic, parallel, 4%, uh, contains barley and oats.
0: Okay. So, it's okay.
1: not giving us anything else. I'd maybe like a little bit more information on can, if I'm honest. A very paid I which showcases many aromas and flavours of the mosaic hop. It feels like there's something else working there, but maybe that could be the yeast strain. That could be the malts. Yeah. Um, usually, I would expect it to be more of a citrus sharpness. Myself. Well, I think Hawke's Head are a very what could be described as
0: very traditional brewery, very cask focused brewery. And and it may be that as you say they've got their their house yeast she strain yeah. might be more trained for for those more cast sort of beers. True,
1: although obviously you know since they had their injection of cash, what's it? That's probably about a year and a half, two years ago now. Oh, it's a while back. Yeah, um, they're obviously branching out now, aren't they?
0: Yes, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's nice to see. So we've, we were saying uh, four cans. Yep, we're doing three of them on the, the show. Uh, we did one on. Uh, pre-show periscope which was uh called lighter times
1: yeah it's a 0.5 offering so and we were both really impressed with that weren't i we? i am gonna say it now i didn't say it on the periscope because this is more of an exclusive i would rate this just a tad higher than the ghost ship
0: i would I, I would put it out there literally as the best low alcohol beer mm.
1: that that i've had to date I think there is. I know we and we've done shows before about it, and we spoke about it on the Periscope show when we recorded on Monday. I think there is going to come a point where this gets revisited again because this this keeps getting upped at the moment. I
0: I can see us doing alcohol free part three. Yeah, because uh, at some
1: point in the next year, yeah, the game is upped, and we had a few people comment uh, Brooklyn alcohol free, which I haven't tried, but there's a lot of love for that. We've got this one. We know we've got the Go Ship. I would like to revisit Big Easy.
0: Yeah, that seems to have disappeared. Yeah,
1: I would like to know what Thornbridge is doing because, you know, there is a market for them doing it.
0: I know, I know they were playing around with variations of it. I don't know, maybe they're looking at putting it in can. Seems yeah. to be the obvious. It does if, seem the if, obvious. If you look at what we were just saying, I mean, you had a, a ghost ship before you started recording yeah. as well. So that, I was able- that's, a, that's a small can. Yeah, The new Hawkshead one is a small can. It would make sense for Thornbridge... If, if they were going to go with Big Easy as a permanent to, to have it in a can well I think. For,
1: for people who are of a mind to have these in the house you're probably going to want to have some of them in the fridge yeah because you just want it as an impulse I need something to quench my thirst so I'm going to go into the fridge
0: and cans are easier yeah because I
1: mean, you can put them in a the door yeah <laughs> as well but that's for uh, another show but yes the Hawkshead lighter times if you get a chance and you see it Definitely recommend it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: this mosaic, I think it's gonna. T- maybe it's. good Maybe it just needs a little while for our palette to adjust as well, having had the lighter one.
0: Maybe that. Maybe it just needs to warm a little as well.
1: Yeah. To to for
0: for a few more of the flavors come out because mosaic is quite a um quite a powerful hop in terms of a, of the flavors that you would normally yes. get from it. Yeah. Not really getting any what I would call of those typical mosaic notes
1: no. at the moment. I mean, I'm not saying it's unpleasant. It's just that. It, for me, it probably would have been, at the moment, would have been better off just saying a pale ale not saying mosaic.
0: Well, yeah, and, and this, is, this is what I said. I, the lack of information on the can, it's, I mean, is, is mosaic the only hop that they've used in it? Yeah. Or have they used other hops for bittering
1: and yeah, flavour? because now you have said, which showcases the amazing aromas of the mosaic hop. They haven't specifically said it's a single and, and hop. And yeah, it doesn't specifically say single hop. And most do these days Yeah, when it's a single hop. Well, we've still got we've still got the best part of the can to get through. We have
0: indeed and and many more beers as well and lots of content. Yes. To, tonight which the folks um, I'm sure are pleased to hear. So let's dive into some of that now of our beer Adventures. Now I know we've been both of us have been quite busy we over have. the last couple of weeks. Um so
1: we will get through this as quick as we can. Yes, but Get yourself a beer, <laughs> unless it's at six o'clock in the morning when you're yeah. listening to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm, I'm going to dive in first. Uh, this past weekend, I um, went to BrewDog at Tower Hill, which is what BrewDog call one of their outposts.
1: What do they so, mean by the out? Is that because they've got the in-house brew as well? I think it's because they've got a brew kit.
0: There as well, because they've now got an outpost in Manchester as well, which and has also has got, got the brew kit. brew kit. Yeah, so um, it's a huge space. I, th- I think we've mentioned it before. We, we have mentioned it before. Um, but it's a huge space. It's got a brewery in there, uh, nice long bar, lots of space uh, at the bar. About 21, 22 t- different taps uh, of beer, plus a bottled and can selection usual sort of uh brudog food uh and some shuffleboard tables as as, as well so it's, they
1: actually take the shuffleboard tables actually take up a surprising they, a surprising amount of space they take up a huge amount of room
0: yeah but yeah when went there um for with, with some friends um partly to uh celebrate my birthday um which is coming up uh this week well as 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 people are listening to to, to the show so Thursday release date is your birthday. It's, it's actually my Happy birthday. birthday. Steve! Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, um, because it's the first time since I've been uh, an EFP that I've ever been able to cash in <laughs> any of my EFP benefits uh, around my birthday. Did you, try, did
1: you try to cash in the last five years?
0: Yeah, yeah, they no, <laughs> weren't having any of that. Um, but also I took some friends. Uh, one of my friends, Colin, has uh, for the past few months he's been. He's subscribed to Fanzine and he's been slowly getting into trying different beers, and I'm trying to take him on a bit of a journey in in, in terms of th- trying different beers. So it was partly to also give him an opportunity because he absolutely loves Brewdog. Um, just just fu- you know, just coming into the world of
1: craft beer, he's found Brewdog as being the perfect entry point. Yeah, I've spoken to him about a him. couple of times as well, haven't I? And he, um, it, it's, it's a great entrance for him. The Fanzine beers are accessible. They were in the supermarkets. Yeah. He, he, he recognises the name, doesn't he? Yes, and, he he, tr- and he the trusts branding. Them. He trusts them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we spent uh, a good few hours there uh, going through uh, quite a few of the beers. Um, a few standouts that uh, I do want to mention. Uh, one of the things they do at Tower Hill is they always have uh, a beer on that's been brewed on the kit. Yep. So it hasn't travelled very far at all Uh, and this was another iteration of the Tower Hill parallel okay four point something percent really 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 easy drinker Um, can see how it's a nice again a nice little marketing thing that all this is brewed just over there yeah Um, although interestingly it's brewed just over there but it costs as much as all of the beers that have been imported from Ellen but but that's another that's uh, a different story that's another topic potentially to discuss um I had a couple of big old stouts. They had their own cocoa psycho one which was the was since I've had that. Yeah, me too. And I was really excited to see it 10% Imperial Stout tasting as as great as ever. I, I, in fact, I don't think I can ever remember a time where I've had it on draft. I've always had it either from the bottle or from I think they've done it in cans once maybe. Yeah. So, it was nice to revisit to revisit an old friend. Essentially. Uh, And then they had another one from 18th Street Brewery, uh, which was called Bitches Bank. And that was, uh, again, a big old imperial stout, 13%, um, velvety smooth, ridiculously easy to drink, didn't even taste anywhere near the, the, the 13%. ABV, dangerous. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one, but the the standout beer for me, and and this may come as a bit of a surprise to you, was one of the Overworks beers. Oh, really? So they had quite a lot of their Overworks um, sour selection in the fridge, and one of them caught my eye. Uh, it was called Dreamcatcher, and I, I think it caught my eye because of the colour of the label. It was like a, like a caramel colour on, on the
1: label. 5%. Um, which is what most of them have been around about that. Sort y- yeah. Of, which is very similar to where Canteon pitches up as yes, well. Yes,
0: yeah. Uh, 5%. Uh, sour beer with black currants and coffee that had been aged in red wine barrels.
1: Which one did you say it was called? Dream Catcher. I'm just going to have a quick look myself. Um, okay. I, quick, I did look up the Coco Psycho. I've almost been two years without having it. Have you? It seems really? a, bit of sh- a shock, really. Yeah, but I think it's one of those that they, they they kind of stopped doing it for a bit, didn't they?
0: Did they? I think so. Yeah. Because the
1: last time I had it was definitely a bottle, and I had it in January 2018, which means I must I probably bought it before then. Yes. Yeah. So and I had to admit, I haven't seen it in um in a BrewDog for a while. No, I so I haven't. yeah. So looking at Untapped, it's a five point five percent. Yeah, well you blame me. you were impressed with it.
0: Yeah. I really I really enjoyed it. It was um up front there were sour notes, you got all of the all, all of the black currant that was all there initially. Um and it did then start to give way. You got a little bit of the tannins from the red wine and, and then certainly as it began to warm you got more of the coffee on the finish. Uh and as a as as a beer it just it just worked perfectly and so so I got that as a bottle and five glasses and Everybody in the group got to try some of that. Did everyone enjoy it? No, uh, there were more sour faces than I would normally pull uh, uh, around the table. Um, well, isn't that
1: interesting, though? Because uh, you, you have, a, in your own words, have a fairly low tolerance. I do, yeah. But the, some of the people you were with wouldn't have been exposed to this kind of beer before.
0: No, it was so it was maybe stretching their experiences a, so a, a little bit. You may have called it a gateway. I they, wouldn't. they probably wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a gateway. I think the reason why I went for it, because in in, in the group, there was a couple of, uh, a couple of group of big red wine drinkers. So I kind of thought, well, it's been aged in red wine barrels. If it's going yeah. to pick up some of the characteristics, it might just work. But I think the balance of the, the sourness was maybe just
1: a bit too much. Okay. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, said it before so you know I've, all the overworks i've had i've been impressed with
0: i i have and not being a sour fan i've i've tried a, a fair few of them as I well i think
1: they're very complete beers and they are generally the descriptors are accurate as well
0: yes yeah and, and BrewDog have done an excellent job of taking their time to make sure they've got that right yes before actually you know putting it out there it gives you
1: a nice alternative when you're in a brew dog because you can sometimes just have the silly impy beers they've obviously got usually their core range on as well yeah. this is just something nicely sitting between those two things isn't it
0: yes yeah so so that was that that was quite nice spending spending that uh, at brew and then um as if that wasn't uh, enough spending all day saturday drinking um emma and i then spent sunday in in colchester Doing do uh, more. Uh, drinking. Drinking. Yeah. yeah. Well we we actually ate as well. well so, done. so we went into town for some for some dinner. Had a lovely uh Sunday roast dinner at the Church Street Tavern. Oh yeah, up near where they had the
1: beer festival. Yes,
0: yeah. Re- really nice little venue. Quite a decent range of beers as well. So uh Paulana on, on, on tap. Um a wild beer always seems to be regularly on tap in there, Tiny Rebel seems to be on tap, so
1: Okay, that's expanded since they first opened. They were very London centric on there. Yeah. On their beer range, so that's quite cool.
0: Yeah, Uh, so we had something nice to eat in there. And then, uh, as you do when you're in Colchester, we wandered down um, to to the Vic Inn at at the bottom of the hill. They had some music on Sunday afternoon. They had some live music out in the uh, kind of shed, out out in the back. Uh, A a little four-piece called Woodshed, who were basically uh, a big bass player, uh, harmonica, singer and guitar and a fella playing what could only be described as the box. He was sat on a box playing it like the drums. Okay. But it worked. Uh, you know, really nice vibe. Almost sounds, like, almost sounds like a bit skiffle. Yeah. The, the place was packed and, and, and it was lovely. Because when we first got there, we were like, oh, we wanted to sit outside. It was a lovely warm day. Couldn't find anywhere to sit outside. And uh, a fella saw us looking and he was like, do, do you want to join us? He was like, we've, we've got a table here. It's only a small one, but there's only two of us sat here. There's two more chairs sit with us and as you do you end up chatting to the people um, that, that you sat with and obviously him being in the Vic me being in the Vic soon discovered there was a mutual appreciation of beer <laughs> in, in going on there and, and it was just nice just to sit and it just, just gave it a real, a real community proper pub feel to it as, as well that the, despite there being a lot of people there it never felt like it got too loud and the conversation
1: was nice and the music was well balanced handy having the music outside though
0: yeah, I think the you said there. it's when it's inside,
1: inside and usually they have it inside when it's more inclement weather and once we get into the winter season. So yeah, then you it's quite hard to avoid it when you are in the Vic then.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Because it's a it's it's a fairly small, yeah, a small pub space. and
1: the, the, the sound goes around it, but you know, but although it may not be my kind of thing a lot of the time, it the the busy bit is, is usually the same. It is busy on a Sunday when they had the music. Yeah. And, it's, and that was, it's their thing
0: that, that was nice that was nice to see as well uh, I mentioned a, a beer that had uh, Dark Revolutions Black Magic which was a biscotti breakfast stout alright about 5% so nice I had two pints of that what was that on? Uh, that was on keg ok as well, as well. so nice keg stout nice and cold Tints um, of sweetness to it not too much though Nice roasted notes. Like 5% anti-dangerous No, either. No, it's exactly what I was looking for, actually, at, 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 at that point in the day. Um, so, staying on the theme of stouts as well, um, I also had uh, a, a message from creative director uh, Clayton um, during the, the, the last couple of weeks just saying, um, I've got a night off tonight. Would you like to come over and raid my stouts and eat some meat? Now... I don't think I've ever said yes to an art to a question quicker <laughs> than than I did then. Um, but yeah, so um, Clayton, Clayton did some food. Just the two of us, just a, a random Wednesday night. Um, raided his stouts as as he promised, uh, and discovered a, a bottle of the Marble Arch's 125th anniversary stout, second bottling of, of of which it was uh, beautiful, 750ml bottle, cork and cage, the whole works. Um, poured beautifully thick big thick just off white head as as well Um, no adjuncts in there this was a straight up Russian Imperial stout it was dark chocolate it was coffee it was roasted bitterness on the finish big mouth feel velvety smooth Um, and, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say it's probably one of the best stouts I've ever drunk it was just so good. It Sounds was, it was excellent. Incredible. So, so grateful to Clayton for letting me find that one in one of his boxes to, <laughs> to, to, to pull out and have a go at. Um, and we also did, while, while we were there, um, Paul at UNRCD, our current number one fan, recently gave us both a bottle of Three Threads. Yes. Uh, Porter from Marble Hawk. I want to say Hawkshead. Yeah, it was. It I is, think so. It was yeah. Hawkshead. And Burning Sky. Uh, which is a mix uh, a blend of two porters that were brewed as part of this collaboration so there was one of them was brewed at burning sky and has been sat in the burning sky oak um, fermenters and one was brewed at marble and has been sat in the marble steel fermenters and then they've blended the two together so what you get is you get a marriage of all these wonderful flavors so you initially start off you get the kind of more wild Bretty notes up front a little bit more tartness up front from the burning sky side of things but as it warms and you drink your way through the glass what you end up getting is this really soft robust porter coming through at the back back which is clearly the marble influence on it and it just as, as a beer it just works so well with all those flavors blending around together
1: That's quite a skill
0: it's, it's quite a score, and I know you've got you've got a bottle of that haven't you yeah. as well to, for, to try at some point so I'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts yeah you no, I'm looking to forward to, that, to that, after that description yeah um, so, so yeah that's uh, that, that's pretty much been my singular beery adventures uh, we did have one that we did as a as, as a joint one yeah um, with a joint outing we were invited to the opening party of the new London Fields Brewery
1: yeah in Hackney in, in
0: Hackney yeah
1: and that was quite a Good evening, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, first and foremost, first of all, thank you to the, the guys at London Fields and their PR for inviting us down. Um, beers were free during the, free the course of the evening.
0: Yeah, and as, as was the food that was being offered around.
1: Yeah, so was sliders, wasn't it? Yeah. The, um, had a small 20-minute tour of the brew kit. Yeah, Didn't that, brew that kit? was interesting. It was interesting. Well. Uh, Martin at London Fields was... Um, very honest, actually, because you know someone did hark back to the previous owners, and you know he, he spoke about that. Um, you know their their tap room uh, is definitely for evenings times. Anyway, is definitely aiming at a crowd other than me, and Steve. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, I mean, they're not aiming at the high forties. <laughs>
0: no, they had a live DJ there yeah. on on the opening night, which we thought was maybe too loud. For, for what they were trying to yeah. achieve. But but then not we're sh- not fans of that anyway, yeah. are we?
1: Uh we did speak to a couple of other guys, they thought the same, but they were in a similar sort of generation to where, to where we were. Um but it was busy. Um whether it stays that, who knows, you know, it's it is a bit of a free night. They did very kindly show us a couple of their other spaces on the other side of the the road as well, where they've got two other arches. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And uh those spaces look very good. They're trying to work with the community for a lot of things as well. Mm-hmm. Um the beers, did you have a did you have a favourite from the from the evening?
0: Um I really quite enjoyed the the first one we had, which I think is the London. Love Not War version 2.
1: two. That was my favourite. Which as well. was
0: I think when the the original London Fields Brewery put Love Not War out, it was a red ryew. Yeah. This iteration is a red rye pal owl. Yeah. Um and yeah, you got those spicy characteristics from, from rye in there, but it was certainly the easiest drinker that I think we had. Yeah, on, I mean, I, I did really enjoy end. it.
1: There was, I've got that written down. That was definitely my, my favourite of the um, evening. Yeah. Um, so there, it, it was a nice evening. It was something different for us because it's, again, probably not the sort of tap room we would necessarily head towards.
0: No, I've, I've been there a couple of times in the past. Again, when it was under the previous owners, um, the only reason I went there on both occasions was because they were one of very few venues at the time that had a permanent cannonball line. So I was going to London Fields Brewery to drink cannonball rather than <laughs> to drink their beers. Um, but no, like you said, I think it's, it's a lovely space. Uh, the, the, the tour was interesting to hear how basically the head brewer, I think it's Tauphin, yeah, doesn't even have to get up of a morning to to start the brew kit because it's all done via an
1: app. It's on his phone.
0: Yeah, so he can start the malting process. He can start the process of the water boiling and mashing in without even being there, um, which I thought was quite amazing. And, And like I say, I think what I did appreciate as well was Martin's honesty in terms of there were problems before. Yeah. And we knew what we were getting into when we took it over. So I think for them, what they're kind of looking for is a bit of a, they're looking for a bit of a reset I think you might actually the have brand.
1: May, you may actually have said that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've still got some of the beers which I've had before, like Hackney Hopster. Um, again, all the beers I did have were nice. No, I don't, there was, I don't think there was anything outstanding, and there wasn't anything no, no. dreadful. Yeah, I agree. They were all very drinkable beers we had. Um, although we we were grateful to receive them for free, the prices didn't look too bad. No, from what I saw as well. Um, so again, you are starting to get a bit of traction in the Hackney area now as well aren't you? Yeah. There's various breweries with tap rooms opening up. Obviously 10 minutes away you've got the the old favorite the old stall at the Cock Tavern as well. Yeah yeah. And then you're into Stone Newington and there are other pubs around there as well. So it's starting to build up a bit of a a bit of a destination area for people.
0: Yeah and and I know I know people criticize and say oh well that's, that that's all down to the big big beer investment that they've had behind them from from, from Carlsberg and those questions were asked yeah. on 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 well, the evening,
1: and you know the brew kit and the automation of it and all that that didn't that, come out. For no, nothing. no,
0: that's not cheap.
1: That can't is be it? cheap. No, they no. look pretty good, and they've got their own canning line in there as well.
0: Yeah, but the stuff that they're brewing in uh, at Hackney is is small batch stuff. Yes, and it's stuff that you're only likely to see in the tap room. Yep, or, or in a, a very select number of local places. And only a very small number of cans. I believe their their cork cans are being brewed and canned elsewhere. Yes, off off site. So that's
1: that's what I understood it to be as well. And and that's
0: obviously where some of that investment has gone. But I think I think the idea that they're trying to again, it's this kind of regionality, isn't it? Colesberg knew what they were doing when they bought the name London Fields. Yeah. Um. And but I think it's great that the the person that they're putting to run it has an appreciation of the local area. and and wants to make the brewery
1: have as local feel as possible. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it it may take them a little while to build it up, but there will also be people who are going there, judging by the age of some of the crowd there, who have no knowledge about its previous history. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And care even less, because as far as they're concerned, that's got nothing to do with the present. That's all done. That's all done. It's a new venue, isn't it? You know, the guy's got his punishment, that kind of thing. It's a new venue. They've opened up, and they are trying to do various bits and like on the Saturday we were there on the Wednesday the Saturday after there was a comic book fair yeah, going on so yeah good, I mean, good luck to them is what I say
0: oh without a doubt yeah absolutely um, and that's me done with, with, with my Beery adventures so well done. Quite, quite a busy period for me I, don't, I mean I don't normally do that much um, but I've, I've done quite a lot in the last couple of weeks. I'm looking at your list, and you've done, seems to have
1: trumped me again. Yeah, we might, need, we might need another beer. But before <laughs> that, I have, because you've been doing all the talking, I have pretty much finished my Mosaic Parallel. I liked it. i just not quite getting the Mosaic bit. I'm going to say I'm struggling
0: with it. Uh, there's there's something in there that's a little bit unbalanced for, for, for me, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, I don't think... Mosaic is the dominant hop in there. There are clearly other hops being used in here. I'm getting none of the normal characteristics that I'd get from Mosaic, and I'm I'm struggling with that a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's a strange one. Usually, like I said, maybe they just would have been better off saying a pale ale and including Mosaic as one of the hops. Yes. This has leapt out. They've made sure it's front and centre, the word Mosaic. So I think they... They've given me a level of expectation which I'm not
0: sure they've met. I, I have to agree. I, I have to agree. Again, it might be a beer that may be suited to cask. Yeah. Or and like I said I'm not sure. It might bring I'm some the softness it. through that you normally get, that I normally get from mosaic at least.
1: But the single biggest word on the can is mosaic. Yeah. So you kind of want want it to do what it says on the tin. To corner a phrase. Um I might let you open open these ones as I start. My beery adventures. You, yeah,
0: you get into it. I'm just going to sit back for a while. I'm going, to, I'm going to get my phone out. I'm going to check what's going on on Twitter.
1: That's just rude. <laughs> I was listening to you and paying attention. This is I, the kind I, of
0: I can do two things at once. This is the kind of
1: thing I have to deal with. Diva, birthday diva boy. I can do two things at once. No so you, you crack can't. on. Right, so obviously, you've already mentioned one of my beery adventures, London Fields Brewery. Um, uh, for people who are long, long-term long listeners of the show, uh, it's the time of year when I go to the Chapel Summer Beer Festival. At the, I was going to say there for a moment, the local East Anglian Railway Museum. It's not really the local East Anglia Railway Museum for me now.
0: Not not for you anymore, no. It must have been quite a trek to have got there. Yeah, it's a pain I mean,
1: in the... I mean, I, I live closer and I won't even go. It's a pain in the arse for me yeah. these days, but a combination of trains and buses. I mean, I ended up... Uh, I did get a lift to Mark's Tay, which is the main line station to connect.
0: Okay, well, that would have
1: helped. Because my stepdaughter was going up to Suffolk, so I got a lift there. Um, But coming back did involve trains, buses, walking, taxi. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A combination of stuff just to get home because it's just not local for me anymore. However, we were lucky with the weather. Um, So as usual, my son came along and he's been going to this festival for 14 years now and this is the first time he's actually been had to have a drink.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So
1: quite naturally, um, the son of a beer podcaster went off to try try the cider, <laughs> off to the cider tent. But he did he did have some. To be fair to him, um, and, and he thought it was thought it was all right. He didn't have much. He had like cut like cut the halves, I think. Um, but you know, we you get to sit in the train carriage. Um, my mate Carl came along. He's a list of the show. Hello, Carl. Um, cut the Essex bottle shoe. Sh- shoe share gang came along so uh matt half pint gent and his other half michelle and also dan from the bottle share turned up as well so that was really nice took a- took a bit of the carriage between us so that was a nice afternoon um we did make uh i did then go the wrong way home so that meant i had to go to the vic <laughs> when I say I went the wrong way that was out of choice I went to the vic um they had colonel on in there um, so it's a shame you couldn't make that one, yeah, I know. Steve. And, um, but it's, it's fortunate I didn't bother mentioning it when we were there. So that was good. That was a nice brief. I think I was in there for about two hours because, like I said, it's the journey home afterwards. Yeah. So that was nice. So that's, that's, beer, that's one beer adventure. But just,
0: just on that, it, it seems to be that all of a sudden the, the, the Colchester has discovered the Colonel because not only had uh, the Vic recently had it on but two brews recently posted a picture and they've now got about nine of their bottles in a fridge. So it, it, it's great that it now seems to be getting out yeah. a little bit f- further.
1: Yeah, I think, I've got a feeling that Church Street Tavern always used to have a kernel bottle as well. I didn't see in there. Yeah, they may the, not, the, yeah. Yeah, because they've, they've got other ones, but I'm sure they used to have it on there. So that was, again, it's a lovely day out. Um, not sure when I'll be going back, only because it is a ball day to go and now... You know, my son won't be there at that time of year because he'll be back in university. So yeah. it might be a few years. I'll give myself a bit of a break because so I've always gone with Michael. And it is a pain to get there for me now. Yeah. But when my son's going, it's fine. Uh, no offence, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you other times anyway. Um, but we're working on that for next year. Uh, but then went out on a date locally with Michelle. Um, we Essentially, we we're going to go out for a couple of beers and, and a curry. We decided to go to Ricky. And uh, popped to the Ricky Brewing Tap Room, which I haven't managed to get to all summer because my journey to Billaricci, which is only a 80 minute train drive, had become an hour bus ride instead. And um, I had an excellent pint of beer from Cask on Gravity.
0: Okay, I've heard these things exist, I know,
1: and you have had one,
0: I have had one. Um, it was then swiftly followed up by a terrible one. All
1: right, well, I had um, uh, it's a beer called Rhythm Stick which I have had from oh uh, sorry, from Ricky Brewing before. And um, it's okay. It's 4% red car scale or amber, depending on what side and of the fashionable fence, fence you want to be on. And I did the usual. I asked, I said, what's going down well? What's good? And the guy behind the bar, Alex said, rhythm sticks, going a storm, had a pint of it. And it was tasting fantastic. And it looked great as well. Had a proper good bit of carbonation, lovely head on it, kept it all the way through, decent bit of lacing on the glass as well, which I had to agree with you for most times a gravity pint doesn't do that.
0: No, that's that's unheard of.
1: So good, I had a second one.
0: Are you sure it was from Gravity? Did they I just watched, say it was from Gravity? I and then watched then actually them do it. Poured it through a sparkler no. to give you a proper pint. I watched them
1: do it, and then I had a bit of theirs and cake. Okay, that's got to be a first as well, isn't it's it? First for me, they do have little, one of those little keg machines there that yeah. you often see at festivals now. Um, but they generally tend to have two guest beers on there, but they had their IPA, their Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, five percent IPA, and that was tasting banging as well. So it's really nice to go to a brewery not too far away, which I actually quite like. I quite like Trevor and the boys who run, who you know own it and run it. Is actually quite handy for me sometimes, provided I don't want to go at weekends. Just really, really nice experience.
0: Are they uh, fans of Ian Jury by any chance? Um,
1: I suspect they are. Okay. I suspect I suspect they are because I'm sure that has been mentioned before as well. Um, I, just by the two, two, two beers I've mentioned, yeah. if they're not, i would be massively so surprised. That's a massive coincidence, yeah. isn't it? If now if not, they but... are doing their core range is now being brewed at Brentwood Brewing. Oh, Okay, they've entered into a bit of a partnership. Yeah, the space at Billericay isn't very big, so. It's interesting to know whether maybe Brentwood's slightly bigger kit and Brentwood have been around a bit longer, whether that has helped it as well. So I don't know. Um, I will be going back there another couple of times this year, I'm sure. So I'll uh, keep my eyes and ears open. Excellent. And I'll, I'll report back to everyone. I yeah. mean, they're very local, so a lot of people won't see the beer. So I do, do apologise for that. Um, one thing I forgot to mention... At the Chapel Beer Festival, I also had another pint on Gravity, which was excellent. That was the Legra Pale from Leon C Brewery. Okay. First time I've seen their beers there because they're only two years old. Yeah. And it was tasting, banging and looking great. And then I had the, at the end of the the afternoon, I say the evening, it was about four o'clock, I had the SS9 the nine percent stout. Because what else would you? But you're a for? massive, you're a massive fan of that anyway, aren't you? I am. But you? What yeah. else would you do at, at four o'clock in the seems afternoon? Seems like a sensible thing to do. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have got one, one more, two more to go. But you, you've opened the beer.
0: I've, I've opened the beer. I've been, and, and listeners will realize as well that I've been allowed to open a beer,
1: and I've not spilt it. Yeah, I, I, I can vouch for the fact that two cans have been opened. Nothing seems to have sprayed anywhere, and I, I. The studio counter appears to be fine. Yeah,
0: I've, I've actually managed to decant from can to glass. Well done.
1: Look what happens when you get this more year mature?
0: I know it's brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? So this is um, this is another beer from Hawkshead. Another one of the beers they sent us. This. this is Route Five Ninety. It's a West Coast IPA coming in at five point six percent. So uh, let's see how this is. Certainly, style wise, it's one that I'm sure we're both quite excited about. Yeah.
1: Now that's... That's ticking a few boxes. That, I was going to use the phrase that's sort of on the money. Yeah. for how they've described it. Yes, we've, we've, without a doubt. I tell you what, the one thing though, for all, this is the third said beer we've done this evening while we record, pre or during the show, dry finish on all of them.
0: Yeah. There's definitely
1: a commonality there, isn't there? It's
0: dry finish, it's a lasting finish. Um, there's just enough bitterness on that. Yeah. Um, for, for a fairly low ABV IPA as well, I mean. Well, these
1: days. Yeah, these days.
0: These days it's 5.6%, 5. 5. fairly low. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that is that is ticking a lot of boxes. It's got a good nose. There's there's, there's light pine and resinous notes on the nose. It, it gives way to lots of citrus going yeah, on. Ever so. A little so, bit of
1: tropical. Ever so slight haze. Yeah. It? And it does say on here, but it's um, unpasteurized and unfiltered. Store cold, drink fresh, which everyone says these days anyway. It's it's ticking a lot of boxes, that is. And I get a 5.6%. I mean, 5.6%. It's only 03 less than Jaipur anyway. So it's, it's, it's in the right ballpark yeah. isn't it, for the for the style of beers we like. I'm really enjoying that. I am. But that will help me go through the next couple of, uh, couple of sections. Help me as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is a bit like when you listen to uh, Men Behaving Badly and it's always Tom yeah, who goes there's, on there's, a, there's
0: always one of them that, that, that does stuff while well. the other two just sit at home and drink.
1: Yeah, um, so for anyone who uh, follows me on either Instagram or uh, Twitter, you will may have noticed that I've recently been to Plymouth. Michael has gone to university to study history, and so we went down there this weekend. The weekend just gone, a uh, bloody long journey from where I am in Essex. Uh, bear in mind, I had to go north, then back down south again on it's uh, eight hours. Three hundred miles or so on the Friday, and today was about six hours, two hundred eighty miles today. Um, but the two days we had in Plymouth, there was a few highlights from that. So I was already aware of a place called Bessel.
0: Uh, yeah, because I'm just going to jump in yeah. there because, of course, on a, on a weekend when you're moving your son to university, the the, the main priority for you is to find beer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's face it. After eight hours of driving, <laughs> I, I think I'd earned the beer, so I went to Bessel. There's nothing we can do on a Friday night. Um, so I went to because you if anyone not familiar with the moving in, at, especially maybe more recently, uh, you get a slot a day and a slot. So we get an hour slot on a specific day when you can park up and move your stuff in. And that's when you can get your keys. That's when he signs out the form, shows his ID, and that wasn't until two o'clock on the Saturday. So there was there was scope on the Friday. So heard a vessel, um, and I will be able to bring you in here, Steve, as well. So. Um I first became aware of Vessel when I started looking at things for Plymouth when I knew Michael was going there, but also they did a beer festival last year in the Guild Hall, which made the top ten festivals in the Guardian of like the based on the venue as yeah, well. Yeah. Like Indie Man and the Baths, that kind of stuff. Um got a bottle shop, beer shop, tap room, whatever you want to call it. Uh got eight eight or so taps, good range in the fridge, nice space to sit down. However, it turns out that my co-host here, Steve. Uh, you've already met Sam.
0: Yeah, I know. I know Sam and his wife, Katie. Yes. Yeah, I've I've um I've drunk with them in Leeds. Yes. When when I used to be in, in Leeds, because I used to live in Leeds, and I think uh I think it was Sam that used to work in the small brew dog in in Leeds, but he also used to do a few shifts at Little Leeds Beer House, and yeah, randomly uh, ended up drinking with them um, a, a few times, and I think actually uh they were one of the nights out where i left the bag of beers oh, in, in the mcdonald's, in the McDonald's <laughs> at the end of the evening yeah oh, so sam can be partly to blame for that <laughs> yes
1: um so yeah i had a lovely chat with sam uh katie popped in as well at the time he, sam's a lovely bloke uh spoke about leeds obviously as well but spoke about the beer festival um so i'm going to go and see my son which coincides with the time of the beer festival as well in November.
0: Conveniently, that's handy. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll even see my son as well. Um, i I'll bought a ticket to the beer festival. It's one of these ones. It's uh, ten pounds, and then it's beer tokens, and I think it's a third every pour or something. Okay, well, that's not too bad. So is you it? can make your choices. And for going with Michael, and all, it would be no point.
0: And this is um, it's only the second year. of This it, is isn't the second any, year, isn't it? As well, um, yeah. it
1: sounds like it's already got quite a good following. I mean. You do have to search around in Plymouth. I found, and uh, when I was speaking to him as well, because you know you do have a few breweries down there who've got their, their, their they've got some decent pubs and stuff like that. Um, but I popped, I managed, you know, coincidentally, it happened to be on the bus route from the hotel into the city centre. Um, so a lot of coincidences. There is a lot of coincidence here, here and, but you know, Michael had moved in, so he was sorting out his own stuff. So I went there this Saturday afternoon, and I had. Um, a beer on the way home last night um, from uh, Cigar City.
0: Yeah,
1: which was um, it was an IPA. And I, this is the one beer I haven't written down actually. Don't think I wrote this one down. It was a uh, it it was based on the c- a cigar as well. Literally a cigar. Um, I'll look it up in a second. But it was just proper IPA, just what I needed at the end of the day.
0: When you say it was based on a cigar, not not flavour wise. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, this is the one beer because I've been traveling all day this is the one bit I haven't managed to get get done but I was, was,
0: hang on I'll look it up for you because she sent me a picture of it which I ignored
1: oh that was nice of you <laughs> the, the, humid, the Humidor series humidor something to do with cigars isn't it yes yeah yeah so um, isn't it what you keep them in oh yeah is it what literally to keep the stop from being humid so um, it's it's got the high light qualities but maybe the fruitiness is a little bit toned down and it's a bit more. It was a bit more bitter, and even you sort of started to feel. And it could have been perception, but there was that the hint of tobacco as well. Okay. But it was it was a lovely, lovely beer. Um, and that's the, the just showing Steve a picture of the vessel. Yeah, I know. the beer I've, glass. I've got it on my phone. Oh, you have got it on your phone. Yeah. Even though you ignored it. Charming. So vessel was lovely. If you are in the Plymouth area, it's definitely worth trying to get over to the vessel beer shop. Or if you are there in the end of November, they've got the beer festival on the Friday and Saturday last friday and the last saturday november in the guild hall and if nothing else i think mean the the inside of the guild hall is going to look fantastic
0: well i think we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes yeah to to tickets for that so if people are in the area and they want to they want to pick them up they can it's definitely
1: click, worth it. click through definitely worth viewing and um lastly i decided as i was in uh the plymouth devon area not too far from going over to the black flag border for cornwall and i am a big fan of them Saint Austell. So I went to the brewery, went to the Hicks Bar, very quiet yesterday. wasn't very busy. Obviously, coming towards the end of the summer season. Yeah, um, and had some really nice beers of theirs. Uh, it's about an hour by train from Plymouth, so that was really good. Um, and so, a few people already said it. I think uh, Simon from Beers Around Frontiers had mentioned about their small batch stuff, and I did try some of their small batch stuff. And I had a milkshake IPA from from St Austell. Yeah.
0: Okay, tell me you surprised?
1: Yes, I was surprised as yeah. well. Five point eight percent on the t- on tap, so not cast on tap. Um, really tasty. Really, again, a bit like we've said, we will with the way Adnams have approached the craftier side of beers. Very well balanced, very well moderated. It was still had those qualities, but I wasn't getting all the lactose up front. I wasn't getting all that vanilla. Yeah. It was really nicely balanced. Really tasty. Um, and also a Belgian triple okay, which came in at 8.2 percent and did not taste anywhere near 8.2 and was a really, really smooth triple dangerously so. The yeah. Belgian notes were really subtle.
0: They've been experimenting with quite a few Belgian beers. I know' they've, yeah. they're, they're, they've got two in Tesco. Um, I think they've got an abbey beer yeah. and they've got a saison as well i tried
1: the saison i think yeah uh, i thought that was quite nice didn't quite hit the mark for me but they are starting to just do these other selection of beers now is it great to see someone like st Austell doing that yeah
0: it's just, it just playing with things definitely and, you know yeah you might not ever see them outside of their tap room but it's great that you can go there and you can try these yeah, little experimental batches and it
1: is a lovely space like i said it's, it's 10 minutes walk up from the station it's an hour from Plymouth, so depending where else you're coming from, but if you, again, if you're in the area, it is nice. The brewery and the museum, the brewery tour and the museum, and the, they do various things. where you can just do a bit of a tasting and a bit of a wander around the brewery bit at the top, and then you can do some tasting. That I think that was five pound if you want to do the brewery tour. That was another price on top of it. And they have a, a shop downstairs which is very very competitively priced actually for takeaway stuff. So I bought a train beer, of course, five hundred can tribute. Oh. So the train had tr- cost. <laughs> train cost three pounds forty. Five hundred
0: cans. No, I did buy
1: four, <laughs> but it was it was just over five pounds for four, and it was three pounds forty on the train for one.
0: Well, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I feel I've got a bargain. Yeah.
1: So um, uh, everyone and you, Steve, will be pleased to know that is my beer adventures. Fantastic.
0: While you've been going through all of your wonderful beer adventures, <laughs> I've been just sat back enjoying the uh, the Route Five Ninety uh, West Coast IPA from hogshead uh, and I'm loving it. It's exactly
1: uh, what I want from an IPA. It's doing exactly what it says. Five point six is a, is a nice little mark, I think, for that kind of beer as well. West Coast IPA, it's all about the hops, dry and crisp. The aromas of orange, lemon, passion fruit, and papaya. Not too sure I ever know what papaya is, so it's probably not one I would use in my descriptor. Tropical stone fruit, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if I've had it. No, I I probably haven't. No, you definitely haven't. (laughs) (laughs) And waves of palate-cleansing bitterness, which make way for more tropical and citrus fruit notes. I think the descriptor's pretty good. Again, it's actually given us a bit more this time, I think, as well. Um, I could neck a few of these. I could. Definitely could make a few of those. I could like, very happily drink a pint of that. Definitely an improvement well. on the uh, on the first one. Oh yeah, a massive step up. Yeah.
0: Really enjoying this one, really good stuff. Um, while we finish this off, let's let's get through uh, the news because there are a few. There's a bit of news as well, there, isn't there? There is not theres quite a bit of news this week. So first of all, um, we did a poll uh, about this initially. There was the announcement that Spoons were dropping the price of, I think it's Ruddles, to thirty nine a pint.
1: That's ridiculous. You can buy water for more. I know. In some, it's, if you go is. to a
0: restaurant and order a bottle of water,
1: you don't insist on tap
0: water. It's going to cost you more than that. Um, and in response to that, Seba's um, Ciber, uh, chief executive, James Calder, uh, actually wrote a fairly open letter to Tim Martin, which was, he published on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and he didn't, again, didn't hold back.
0: No. Um, and basically saying that, um, it was a significant concern to Ciber. Um while praising uh, Tim Martin for their support in making cask beer more accessible, uh, just felt as though the breweries represented by Ciba felt the move could be quite dangerous in terms of the cost of cask beer o- overall. Um many in the brewing community felt feel that selling a pint of beer for as low as one pound thirty nine and creating the impression that beer will remain that cheap is dangerous. Uh selling beer at such low prices meant it had to be made cheaply, and James argued adding SIBA members consider their products to be premium and claim that it should be sold as
1: much. So that was that, that was uh that the initial letter from James. Mm. Um Although what I would say, just to come in on that point, is that Yes, one pound thirty nine is a ridiculously cheap price. But Ruddles has been under two pounds in plenty of spoons before.
0: Not just ruddles, it's yeah. there's quite a few that are under two pounds. And it will vary from spoons to spoons, yeah. so won't it?
1: This letter this sort this sort of uh, if you do want to make this kind of comment, it probably could have been made a while ago anyway.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tim Martin responded I oh, did he? I didn't to, say to that. that. Yeah.
1: This, is, this is news to me.
0: Yeah. Um, so, saying that uh, he can understand the concerns of your members about the price for 139 pint. However, the price only applies to a small number of our pubs, 36, where the sales volumes are on average low. The normal price, which applies at 625 pubs, is 169, versus a price for SIBA members... Beers of about £2.15. We feel confident volumes of your members' beers won't be affected and we won't be asking them for any reductions in price. Indeed, we haven't asked Green King, the supplier of Ruddles, for any reduction either. As you point out, Weatherspoon has an excellent relationship with Sebra and its members, and we don't believe our Ruddles initiative will have an adverse effect.
1: I think for people who and this has been levelled for a while now that cask is seen as the the cheapest. Of the, the ways of consuming beer mm-hmm. for a lot of people will they differentiate between even just ruddle, I don't know, can you get ruddles in any anywhere else apart from spoons these no, days? Think, I'm not sure think, you can.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure you can get it in Green King pubs no,
1: anymore. I mean it tends to be speckled hen and IPA, don't yeah. it? Um but does it give people an unrealistic expectation of how cheap a pint can be in non spoons pubs? Because I mean he's, he went from one thirty nine to one sixty nine to two fifteen. I mean, it's up that's still ridiculously low prices.
0: Well, yeah, because even at the 169 price point, and, and that's what it is in my local spoons, I remember at least one occasion where I went in there with my vouchers and I think I had £10 in my pocket and managed to get six pints of Ruddles, including
1: the use of your vouchers. Can I just ask a question? You were with other people. Yes, I wasn't on my own. You didn't drink six pints of Ruddles on your own. No, <laughs> no. But why? Why? Why?
0: Why? Why would you? Um, but but yeah. So if if you've if if, you're, if you've got your vouchers and on the one thirty nine a
1: pint, you can't use a voucher. On the, uh, obviously, the vouchers of Canberra have now changed they're now 30p vouchers which oh, okay. be used in multiple places remember we spoke about it before yeah yeah um, I didn't realise that had yeah. gone down yeah as, so as well. 30p vouchers but I think they always used to be on the back of it but the price of the pint had to be a certain level before the discount was applicable anyway oh, okay I, 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 I so don't think realize. you go from use yeah. your 50p and go from 139 down to 89 or something like that yeah which would be bonkers if that yeah. can happen and obviously we have spoken about the virtues of spoons, as well as the count, the the other side of it, that in some places spoons may still be your best option, slash only option. 139 though, that's just,
0: well that to, seems
1: ridiculously low. I know you said it's only in a small amount, but when that story was first published, that's not how it was worded.
0: No, and it is ridiculously low. And, you know, like I say, while, while we're talking spoons pricing policy, um, as I mentioned at the weekend I was in Brewdog, a pint of Punk IPA in a BrewDog bar that they brew and supply is £6.20. pint of Punk IPA in spoons is £2.99.
1: How... That was in the London spoons.
0: Yeah. How can a product be half the price in a venue that isn't your own? See, I, that, that is bonkers. It's, it is. It's ridiculous, I mean,
1: isn't it? I our... our, our... Spoons losing money on every pint, then, but they sell.
0: Or even that, or Brewdog making a hell of a lot of money on the markup yeah. in their own bars.
1: Yeah. Well, we know that you can buy punk in bottles and cans for a lot cheaper than a pint at their bar. And yeah. yes, you know, we'll sort of touch on this later when we get into opinions about obviously the costs of delivering said pint to you. But yeah, that's a that's a. Bearing in mind the, if I'm thinking correctly of where you were, where the spoons is. 100 meters in between door to door
0: well i think somebody said to me on twitter today i've often been tempted to buy a pint of punk ipa in spoons
1: and walk down to Brewdog with it although both both or at least one of those definitely has someone on the door i think to stop you from doing well just yeah yeah because they do have people on the door in that bit where you were um interesting though interesting yeah i mean uh, the the we did do that poll and um didn't gain much interest, did it? Really?
0: Not really. No, I think I think a lot of people just took it as an opportunity to have gut spoons.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really what no, we. That's were not like. what we were after. No, really. we were hoping more for that quantitative conversation about the value of a pint. Really. Yeah,
0: um, but it's interesting because it does very much link into this next story, which is um, the quarter two bar- beer bar.
1: <laughs> Q two beer barometer twenty nineteen.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> um, has indicated that beer sales are falling. Uh, in all categories um, this year. So total beer sales have decreased by 2.2% in quarter two 2019 based on the same period as last year. Uh, On trade beer sales have decreased by 2.8% and off trade beer has decreased by 1.7%. Now they do go on to say, uh, this is the British Beer and Pub Association, do go on to say that the decline um, was against a particularly strong quarter two in 2018 where sales were boosted by a long period of good weather and the group stages of the World Cup. Yeah. So I have going to say... It's, it's always difficult to do a comparison to a year, and I know we've, we've definitely had this conversation yes. before, that when there's a year where there's a big sporting contest, there's always going to be more
1: beer and sold. And especially football. This year, obviously, we are now coming up until the Rugby World Cup, but there may not be as much beer sold, because it's in the wee small hours yes. a lot of the time. Yeah. You could have games at 3 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and then 9 o'clock in the morning or something. So while some places will definitely open for some of those matches the consumption's probably not going to be the same as it was in the Football World Cup, which very much was played out. Your, your fan zones, your fan parks, hot weather, loads of lager being bought. Yeah. You know, we commented about the amount of lager we drank last summer. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was the perfect summer. Yeah.
0: Everything came together, weather, sport, the rest of it. So
1: maybe those percentages aren't so bad when taken into that I, I,
0: I think I think what you'd need to do is possibly to look at next year against this year if you wanted a true
1: reflection. Yeah, but you're always gonna have variables in these things anyway.
0: Uh, Oh, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. Um, Next up, and I can't believe we're mentioning them for a second
1: show in a row, Green King. Well, arguably they've had two mentions. We've already mentioned Ruddles.
0: I know, but this is a,
1: they're relaunching their IPA. (coughs) Sorry, Uh, sorry, as I drink a lovely West Coast IPA, they are relaunching their
0: version. Hopefully in an effort to make it taste Something like beer, possibly. Um, they're giving it a reboot, um, and they're making sure that they put the quality of the cask version of it at the heart of the process by enhancing the recipe and introducing a range of solutions to insor- ensure the end point is always freshly served.
1: Um, okay. Does this imply then that it wasn't that the cask offering wasn't their top priority, and how they dispensed it could have been better?
0: i i think so that's what it says basically there because it, it goes on to say um so the beer's been brewed in berry st edmund since 1928 uh, and it's got a new design which celebrates its heritage but gives it a modern standout up here on the bar. Um, it's, it's going to be brewed using locally sourced malted barley, water from the brewery's original 220-year-old aquifers and fermented in the same tank as the very first brew 91 years ago. But the biggest change are, changes are around the quality improvements. So uh, there's going to be a new cool storage facility for hops at the brewery. Uh, they're going to double the amount of hops in the Whirlpool to make the beer more robust, assuming they're going to put two in then. I'm not sure they had one in there before. <laughs> I think they just used to wave it in the general direction. Uh, but they've analysed every step in the process from ingredients through to the end point. And one of the biggest changes has been the installation of a cool storage depot so that each freshly filled cast is kept cool until it leaves the brewery for the pub seller. So get significant enhanced training and new seller management system will also be introduced for Green King licensees. So, so yeah, I think they are potentially admitting that some of the problem with the beer because I, I know there are there are a few advocates on twitter that will say if, if you find a pint that has been really well kept
1: it can actually be really good no david martin's definitely one of those yeah. so we both know david yeah and he is an advocate of um traditional beers as well because we've you know we've, we've seen him enough times um i don't know whether i've had one of those really good pints in the past um I, I will be curious to see what it's like. Don't get me wrong. Because um, I am in a bit of a... Cu- bit. My part of the world is a bit grinking heavy anyway. So I'll be interested to see what it's like. For me, it's just... Always been just too malt-driven. Well, again, someone mentioned before, the pub at the top of your road is cur- currently
0: going through a rebuild yeah. because it unfortunately burnt down about a year ago. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see that... Obviously, they're talking about new systems and everything. Surely, as part of that rebuild, they must be completely refit in the cell well you'd hope so so actually that could be quite an opportunity for you to apparently try a pint of the new
1: super fresh super chilled do you reckon this money's all come from the new investment because it seems very very soon if they're actually actually using the investment already it, it does but surely they may
0: have already started the process of brewing the new version of the, the beer before that investment came in
1: Uh that must have started the process beforehand because that money hasn't probably even landed yet yeah interesting I oh, will try it and I say uh, you know I, I quite enjoyed the two heritage beers they I'll, I'll, I'll let you
0: take one for the team on that one oh, when, when when your new pubs open uh, at, the, at the top get in there first night get the first pint of Green King IPA poured. or maybe not the first one no let, let them pull a few yeah, through yeah. first Um. Another uh, brewery that's had a few mentions tonight, uh, (laughs) Brewdog. Sponsored sponsored by
1: Green King, Spoons and (laughs) Brewdog,
0: all in one evening. Um, They've been named as one of the UK's fastest growing brands uh, alongside Costa Coffee and Deliveroo. Um, And this is in uh, an annual survey that's put together, which draws together the 75 biggest names in marketing in, in the UK. So Brew, Brewdog jumped forty percent to achieve a one point two billion dollar valuation, and fifty seventh spot in the in the top seventy five. Um, I think that's pretty great to hear
1: that. I mean that's pretty. I mean that's. In,
0: I mean they've got to be the only beer brand in that
1: top seventy five, surely. Hmm. What UK beer brand? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it would have been interesting, again, maybe to see what, how, how else it is. But with Brewdog, what it is is year on year, their, their numbers and their brand recognition seems, seems to show no signs of abating or slowing down at all. No,
0: no. That, that their growth is still outstanding when you yeah, think it's, about it. Yeah,
1: it is phenomenal. And again, people have plenty to say about it. You had a good experience with Brewdog at the weekend. Um, there's no denying the fact that even today... On the way back, I stopped off at you know, a welcome break. I just needed to stretch my legs. Didn't actually need much to eat or drink. But I happened to notice in the WH Smith bit, they do have some beers, and they have uh, four packs of the Tangerine Clockwork Oh, orange.
0: Clockwork Tangerine.
1: Yeah, Clockwork Tangerine. It's like, okay, of all the beers that I thought might be in a WH Smith... In, in WH Smith? On a welcome break, WH Smith, they've got four packs of, of that. It's like, how? Why? But, you know, someone's obviously told them, get these ones in, people like the Brewlog. It, you know, it works.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, it doesn't seem to be slowing down either, does it?
1: No. With, so, uh, you know, again, I think we should... We, the, congratulations where congratulations are deserved.
0: Um, talking of growth, um, Thornbridge and Pivovar have mentioned that they're looking at two new sites for their expanding bars. That they're looking at putting in across the UK, London, um, Manchester, and Sheffield no. uh, are the next two. Uh, this is on the back of them confirming the the new Leeds site, um, and their Birmingham pub eventually due to be open this November. Correct. Feels like it's been ages the Birmingham one. Well, it was it was announced last October, so it's almost taken them a year yeah to, to get it up and running. So they've now got one in York, they've got one in Leeds, the one in Birmingham is coming. They've announced Manchester and Sheffield. Um, they plan to open ten over the next five years. So that's five. They've already done five in the first. Any yeah, chance months.
1: them coming a bit further south? I'd, I'd like to hope
0: so. I'd, I'd like to see a Thornbridge bar. Don't in They need another
1: Thornbridge bar in Sheffield.
0: <laughs> of all places! For goodness' sake, you, Thornbridge. You, you've got. I mean, you've got the Sheffield Tap, which is essentially. Thornbridge heavy, yeah, and there's but then you've of, got all the Thornbridge <laughs> pubs in Sheffield.
1: Why? Why Don't do you feel the need to one. put?
0: Yeah, let's put. Let's put another bar in Sheffield.
1: Come down south. Come to London. Come to Essex. Yes, please, please do.
0: Please do. Um, and then just the, the, the last uh, news item uh, today, as we recalled, um, Waitrose have released a load of new beers in in store, which are part of a beer collaboration festival event that they're running. Yeah, so you send me some pictures. All, all of the beers are um, new to, to, to Waitrose um, and they include uh, the likes of, there are two Wild Beer and Magic Rock collaborations. So, okay. So there's a, a wild fermented IPA and there's a, I think it's a cherry chocolate stout as well that's in a 750ml bottle. From, from from those two breweries. There are beers by Fierce, Gypsy Hill. There are three new Four Pure beers, although one of them isn't new. Um, NorCal,
1: which I'm sure Four Pure released as a... I think it was part of their, one of maybe one of their adventure series or something. Yeah,
0: I think, and I want to say it's with Bear Republic as, as well, but it's definitely been out before because I've definitely had it before. Yeah, but it hasn't been a supermarket. No, it hasn't been, been a one of their supermarket. supermarket offerings. Um... New beers from Northern Monk and a collaboration with Roosters and Odell from from the States to name
1: but a few beers. And I noticed that the 440 cans were exactly the same price as the M&S 440 cans.
0: Most of them at the same price points as M&S and Tesco
1: and everyone else are doing. Probably the only thing I didn't see from the shelves I saw were maybe doing the four six pound kind of no, offer. no. but Waitrose tend to do that sort of thing less anyway don't they yeah
0: yeah. but that's that's a hell of a selection I mean we were talking about this on the last show in, in, in terms of Waitrose have, uh, are definitely challenging Tesco now mm-hmm. for in, in terms of their beer offering and I think those those beers that have gone in there again they're ticking a range of boxes as well there are IPAs there are New England IPAs there are stouts there are wild beers there are sour beers well, the seven the
1: 750 stout sounds interesting yeah a- absolutely definitely sounds i mean it's again great for us as consumers you know as in again you know if i think about where are the area i now live in then i'm not a million miles away from one or two waitrose it does give me again another step up and sort of things i can go and buy just from uh without having to go and order online yeah it wouldn't be part of my weekly shop. I can't afford to do a weekly shop in Waitrose. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. I like Waitrose, but I don't think I can stretch to a weekly shop for a family of four.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're best off uh, staying where you are. Yeah, right. Now. Uh, with a new beer in, well, yeah. in glass to finish the. Well, that, that's the news
1: done. No. News done. You'll no, be glad. No. So you can all wake up now. We've done the beer adventures and the news. Yeah. We'll get onto opinions shortly. Um, however, as it is, um, Steve's birthday today as you listen to this that's it yeah um, and we have got one more Hawkshead beer to go and a couple of other ones we're going to have a bit of a, a porter break as I we think, like to I call it I think it's it. needed at this point yeah we've it's, had, it's, we've it's had well. three pale beers over the course yeah. of the evening if we include the Periscope beer and uh, this one was suggested by my good wife Michelle um, she's done a recent beer central order which has meant buying up anything that North Riding appeared to have put into bottles again so um, I hope they're grateful of the business we carry on putting <laughs> their way um, and as usual the bomb proof container that was sent by Sean this is the uh, amaretto porter and it comes in at 5% oh. so uh, a birthday porter Steve cheers Thank cheers you, eh? oh that's a nose and a half isn't it it has a really sweet nose I'm sorry I just can't dive straight in um, you did there's there's oh that's it's a hint of sweetness on the nose. I was getting a really sweet nose, but that's um, drying, big, dry, bitter chocolate in it. Straight up front, yeah. That's oh. and that's really drying you out. Yeah, actually, beautiful though. Yeah, I have to admit, you know, I've said it already. I think they were definitely my brew of the year last year, and you know, they, they're definitely going some way to being the same again this year. They and having been there, they churn out some really good beers, and always amazed me when I spoke to Stuart from North Riding. He didn't really fancy doing dark beers, to be honest dark beer really? it wasn't his thing but it seems it seems that's what they excel at i thing. think is it, is i think they i think some of their single hot beers are really good i think their dark beers are always outstanding always outstanding this is definitely up there again
0: it, it is like i say, it's, it's really good it's got there's a there's a lightly sweet nose on it mm. initial taste in the mouth is very dry um, again, some biscuity
1: sweetness. Yeah, in you there. get a little bit of roastiness as well. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's just an outstanding porter, to be honest. The uh, the amaretto isn't really shining through for me. It's not,
0: it's not overpowering, but again, we've got it quite cold, yeah. so
1: that might might come yeah. through. It might be one, one of those walls. ingredients we'd notice if it wasn't there. Yeah. So if it was taken out, you may notice it a bit more. But really enjoying it. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you. Thank you, Michelle.
0: Well, yeah, and, and thank you for Michelle and you for letting me share this no, no, beer no, with no, you no you
1: no know, we, we we need to break it up we, 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 I, I think so I think sometimes you break. can have too many
0: light beers yeah. in, in, in a row so wh- why we enjoy this let's go on to this week's question opinions
1: opinions
0: opinions opinions which was based on uh, a piece that Glyn Davis put out yes. in, in in the last week so um, there'll be a link in the show notes uh, but at Glenn Davis on Twitter or his website beerinsider.com uh, Glenn put out a post called Half Measures which was largely based on his recent experiences of visiting a couple of tap rooms and being surprised to find um, that uh, the price of a pint wasn't double the price of a half pint
1: interesting way of framing it rather than saying that the half pint wasn't half the price of a pint.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and basically, uh, y- you can read this yourself, but some of, some of the bits I want to pull out of what, what he wrote was, um, chief reason for visiting a taproom or brew pub is to try and try as, as many beers as that particular brewery mm-hmm. offers um, from the source. And that was his objective when he visited the new uh, London brew pub of Australian brewer Little Creatures, which is at King's Cross. Uh, beer list uh, was manageable only seven beers available on the visit but he was shocked by the pricing so a number of the beers were 590 a pint which is kind of what you'd expect to pay in that part of London yep. um, however halves were listed at 350 and no third pint measures were available um, which seems to be a particularly large premium on the two halves compared with a pint Mm-hmm. Uh, this in comparison to when he also recently visited North London-based Earth Owls Taproom, uh, where he had seen their ale listed at £6 a pint, um, happened to have £3 of change in his pocket, confidently handed it over, and was then asked for another 40p.
1: Okay, so he's got two very clear examples,
0: Yes, there. yeah. Um, and, yeah, basically he goes on to talk about placing a premium on half pints as... Uh, and uh, has not been anything other than an encouragement for customers to trade up to the better value pint uh, and also feels that it penalizes those who don't want to consume high volumes and discourages people from trying different beers. It's a really interesting piece. What, what, yeah, what no, it's a very good piece. Wrote. Um, and we based uh, our question around that, which was quite simply, should half a pint cost half the price of a pint? 626 votes. 83% of people said yes. 17% of people
1: said no. Pretty overwhelming in favour of half pie and costing half the pricing. Yes. Um,
0: let's get our views first again, lest we forget to do it. As
1: if that could ever happen. <laughs> we would forget to share our own opinion. Yeah. Uh, where do you stand on, on, on this one? I have to admit, I don't know how much thought I've given it in the past. Um, and I've been to Little Creatures recently... And I automatically went for a couple of halves because I was there with Michael and I didn't want to drink too much and it was like the last stop before we were going home. And I hadn't really thought about it too much because I bought some food for us to nibble on as well. If I had looked at it, I probably, I probably would have taken a maybe a step back thinking, "Oh, do I want those two halves? It's not a matter of whether I can afford it or not. It'd be a case of everyone loves it, to feel like they're paying a fair price. And if you see two halves coming out at seven quid and a pint coming out at £5.90, you're going to think, aren't you? Yeah. Because that's quite a disparity.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that was Glyn's particular example there, wasn't it?
1: And I also think maybe there's also, rightly or wrongly, I may differentiate a little bit between pubs and tap rooms. Tap rooms are actively trying, in my mind, actively trying to encourage you to try their range of their beers. Otherwise, why have so many taps? Why have different measures of glasses? Why have the shiny tanks behind the taps? That kind of thing. So they should be doing all they can to encourage it.
0: And a lot of them will offer a flight as well. Yeah, and the flights are usually, usually the best value option. Yes, yeah. We, well, we found that in BrewDog at the weekend. Because like I said, I had some friends that wanted to try a, a range of beers. So we, we they were getting flights. Yeah, which makes perfect to, sense. To
1: try all the different Small things. measures. You're not paying a fortune for a pint and going, oh, I don't actually like that much. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Um, pubs. I have it in the back of my mind, if I think about old pub prices, that a price of a pint was, I don't know, 16p and a half was 8.5p. And that seemed to be accepted. Maybe it's because, as we get into this, a few people have pointed out, it's the labour is probably much the same, washing up, all that kind of stuff. And maybe in days gone by, they weren't really trying to encourage people to drink halves anyway, that wasn't really... What they were thinking about, and we were selling beers which were a lot, lot less strength as well. I do think the disparity he's mentioned seems way seems too high. Yeah, I I I feel like that's taking the seems pace, too high. Basically, a few pence here and there. I these days probably wouldn't notice, um, and I probably wouldn't query it either. It would probably depend on the type of place I'm in. So I was in a local pub, and it was the sort of place where I probably would order pints anyway. And then I decided, oh, I want to top up into half, and the half came to another, I don't know, 5p or 10p. Probably wouldn't think much of it. 40p, 50p? I'd probably be querying it. Yeah. Saying, are you sure that's right? Because I probably would have done the same thing as Glenn. Oh, there's my three quid. It costs £6, and half must cost three free quid. So yeah, I would, err on this, I would also err on the side of the caution of the people running these businesses as well. Because, again it's not necessarily about how much it is. It's like, are you trying to take the piss? In which case, I might not go back. Yeah, you it's, really it's, it's, it's gonna really, have an impact, isn't it, if yeah. If, it, if it, that gets you, if that's one of those things that really gets your mind going, you might think, well, actually, I'm not gonna go back. If that's what they do. Yeah. There are plenty of other places I can go to. I'm gonna think twice about that. So yeah, I think you, as, as, a, as a publican, whether that be a pub, or someone who's running a tap room, or someone who owns a brewery and a tap room, you need to think about your clientele and stuff, and, and weigh up whether those extra few pence you're adding on is worth it for what people may perceive as you being a, maybe a tad greedy mm-hmm. and taking the pee. Yeah, I would err I would on the side of probably best not to.
0: I'd, I'd agree. Actually, actually I'm I, I'm quite uh, black and white on this one. Uh, I think if if, if something uh, if it, if it costs something for a thing, if I'm buying buying half of that thing. Then it should cost
1: half of the price of the thing that I'm buying. So you've got you're, you've got no grey there.
0: I've got no grey there. I I think I think uh, I I think the price of a half a pint of beer should be half of the price of a pint of that beer.
1: But a pint of milk will cost more than half of a two pint bottle. It will, but you're, you're scaling up there, aren't you? Well, if you buy two pints and you go down to a pint, you're going you're scaling down. Same same thing, but. You buy a two pint in Tesco, yeah. They're, they're, nine yeah they're, nine they're, they're,
0: they're encouraging you to buy more, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with, not, with, with, that, with 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 that. Is that any different with that price? No, it's it's no different. And and I will, I would and unless it's a, I desperately need milk situation. I will never buy a
1: single pint of uh, of milk because. It's it's the worst value option. It is the worst value option. Obviously the four the four pint one is usually the best option. Yeah. But you may not use four pints. Yeah, like, there's there's potentially wastage. Yeah. There. 2 pint is like the happy medium on milk. But it's an interesting thing that the only thing I really ever notice it on is, is liquid, but it probably happens across other things as well. But that's the only other thing I can liken it to immediately in my head. Yeah. Is that milk's similar sort of idea and that comes in pints as well.
0: Yeah. And and I don't And we're probably getting into some of the comments here, but I don't buy into the argument of, well, it it doesn't cost half the price of the server for half a pint and it doesn't cost half the price of the production and it doesn't cost half the price of the cleaning and, and all the rest of it. No, it doesn't. But you can't factor that in as an argument because that server is paid a wage to do a job and you've got your dishwasher running to do a job you're not asking the dishwasher to do half a job and only clean half of the glass. So where, where people say, well, no, you've got to factor in all these costs. I, I, I personally, I disagree. The, the, the price of a half pint should be half of what the price of a pint is. You're
1: saying as a consumer, if you're going to offer me half pint measures, it should be half the cost of a pint. Yes, absolutely. And you sort out the costs.
0: Yeah. All, all of the associated costs that around that are down to you as a bar. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think somebody says it, and I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to it, that... If 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 you've got to do it in a way that you set your half pint if
1: that's the way you want to do it, you set the price of your half pint and then you double that. Rather than the other way around. Yes. Rather so than going, okay, well I charge five pounds for a pint normally. I'm gonna say it costs more than half a pint for that, so I'm gonna go two sixty five. Yeah. What you should go is okay, well it, I I know that my minimum has to be two sixty five, therefore a pint is five pounds thirty.
0: Yeah. Although I am looking forward to ordering half a ruddles. <laughs> well are
1: you going to have half a pea available then?
0: <laughs> um, let's have a look at what what, what what some people have been saying about this. Because again, it's, it's very, I think it's very similar to what we've already shared our views there. Um, so the Hopswot podcast at Hopswot UK. I failed to see any reason why this wouldn't be the case. It also works both ways though. asked for a pint of something last night. Was only adv- advertised as a half and paid twice the cost. If I paid more than this, I'd have cancelled the order. Any less, and I'd been surprised, probably pleasantly, and probably questioned the logic. Seems to me it'd be go, it'd be backwards and going forwards on the whole binge drinking issue. For a pint to be cheaper, will Watkins at Dry Your Beers? It should be proportionate or very close to this for all measures. I understand it's not half the labour to serve, so a small difference is fine. But one of the beautiful things about the world of
1: craft is it encourages everybody to try new things. Proportionate pricing helps. I think mean, the proportionate pricing is a quite a good phrase. Yeah. Um, again, doesn't necessarily appeal appeal to your what your stance and stuff. I think it's quite a good way of pick of framing the argument that yeah. way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, my stance, I, I suppose, where it kind of falls down is when you get into the thirds or a two-third yeah. option that aren't don't or what you do always seem like you're paying maybe a little bit more than if it was divided down properly it does
1: feel like having I mean, depends if the place you're in advertises a pint price yeah because if it does you can always then work it out from there if it's a bar which doesn't really do anything other than thirds halves two thirds you haven't really got a marker have you no so easily you, you've got to try and work it out yeah yeah Craft and Slice at Craft
0: and Slice I think it's okay to charge a little bit more than half you still have someone serving you your glass needs to be cleaned etc assuming it should be exactly half implies you're only paying for the beer itself and none of the other associated costs and that was a view that was shared by Dennis Breen at Goldford and 1974 James at Perilous Banana Sarah Pantry at Angel UK and Sweet Tate Lyle at Andrew P. Campbell um and And that's kind of a, I think where my argument comes in 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 terms of well yeah no, I appreciate that somebody's serving me and I appreciate that things need to be cleaned, but they're already being paid a wage to do that job anyway
1: no, i don't I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I can exactly see where you're coming from I can exactly see from where you're coming from um from rich Taylor um who as everyone knows works at the Vic at rich Taylor sixteen o eight I'd like to know the reasoning behind anyone who voted no. Imagine how many complaints a venue would get or how often the staff would have to explain the reasoning behind it. Tell you what, Rich, do it for a day and let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. With the regulars.
0: Now, now, I think, I think obviously, Rich coming from the point of view of the Vic where I think half pints
1: are half the price yeah. of a pint. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, from Bay Beer Reviews, at Bay Beer Reviews, I voted yes, but I don't know why draft beer is different to other food and drink. Whereas the serving size increases, it gets proportionately cheaper, which is thinking of what I said about milk, wasn't it? I yeah. Mean, it does seem to happen. Now, I've got it in my head about, it used to be the same with gallons of petrol and stuff or litres, but if you if you could ever be bothered to work out the, the up from a litre to a gallon when you could still get gallons of petrol, but there was some, the, the, a litre proportionally wasn't, the same value. It costs more to just get a couple of litres rather than get an actual few gallons. Okay. But that's in the back of my mind. And we're yeah. talking a while ago now, aren't we?
0: I'm sure our uh, regular statistician
1: will, will jump <laughs> in with some figures there if he feels there's a need to. Um, Graham Meekin at Graham Meekin. Yes, although don't like people scaling up the price. Sorry, don't like scaling up the price for a half to moan about how much a pint costs when it's 8%. You should never be drank in pints. It's a great point yeah, yeah. some people do skate up just for a, a rant about pricing don't, don't they? and uh from miles i think he's covered a couple of tweets from at miles lambert the logic is clear and i think it makes good business sense for a business selling to its customers to make the pricing seem transparent but if you were really to associate all businesses cost per drink a half a beer would cost more than half the pint of a cost By that, I mean, if you look at the staff time involved, it's not half the time. The glass doesn't take half as long to wash, but as a business, I think you pitch prices that customers can feel comfortable with, and half the price does that. It's a really long couple of texts to get to the point of saying basically just half half the price.
0: Yes, which which seems to be where most people are, are going this week. Stephen O'Kane at Socrates 9. Ridiculous that people think there is no additional costs in selling two halves instead of a single pint. There's tons of other examples out there where buying in larger quantity is cheaper. And again, we've, we've, we've said yeah. that, haven't we? Yeah,
1: and there are examples. I'm sure there's, you know, I reckon people will quote a few other examples at us and stuff. So I, I do get, I know what I know what they're saying. Like I said, I can understand it to a point, but I, I can definitely see where you're coming from and it's down to the business to factor in their cost. Don't make it feel like I'm paying.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think what gets me is when it feels like I'm being penalised because I want a smaller measure of beer. Yeah. And and that's what that's what gets me. It's not about, you, you know, if, I, if if I'm out drinking, I'm probably drinking pints, so it's it's kind of irrelevant. But if if it's something that I'm not sure about, I'm going to want to try maybe a half a pint. Of that or if something's a bit stronger. I want a half a pint yeah. of it. I don't expect to be paying more just because I want a smaller measure. Gideon Foster at BrewShack underscore G. Logically, then, from a business point of view, the pint cost is increased marginally to cover the additional cost of serving a half. Or, in other words, fix the half pint price on cost to serve it and double it for the price pint. That's the point that I was trying to... Alluding to earlier. And I think that 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 does make perfect sense, actually. Yeah. And then we had two... um, Comments that included pictures as, as well to help illustrate what they were saying, which, as we know, works perfectly on an audio podcast. Yeah. Uh, so Richard Weir at rich underscore W27. How about these shockers in a fairly posh hotel in Stratford-upon-Avon, including a picture? Uh, well, just take the top one as an example. A pint of Peroni was £5.95. For half a pint of Peroni, it was three sixty which is £7.20 for a pint. So you're paying one pound twenty five more if you want to drink two half-pints. Yeah.
1: That's, that's ridiculous. That, that's wrong.
0: It's Peroni. It's, d- it's ridiculous. For sake. Uh, and then the other one was from Men Behaving Badly, and I think this was, uh, will echo one of your points uh, at MBB Podcast. Not for me. In most other situations, half the amount does not equal half the cost. Uh, The image I've included shows milk in Tesco. The price of two pints is not double that of one, and the price of four pints is not double again. There is still effort and cost going
1: into every pour. And there are other supermarket milks out there as well.
0: (laughs) Of course, course, yeah. And there are other supermarket stocking beer as as well. So um, it seemed to be a fairly cut and dried one this week in terms of people having views one way or the other. A few people making some points in terms
1: of what's going on. But there's a few more. There was a, a few nuances in it, but people were fairly certain about what they felt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Without they doubt. They, they didn't have any any flexible. They, they weren't too flexible on it. Yeah. They were going basically getting half the liquid, charge me half the price. Yes. But I love the comment about start off by pricing your half pint then. And work up from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And as as always, we couldn't feature all of the the, the comments on the show. There is a link in the show notes to the question. Click through on that and have a look at all of the uh, responses if you want to. And if you want to carry on carry on getting involved in this, use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know, write it down, let us know, write it down, let us know your thoughts and bittering lingerness, oh write it down. God. First up we've got the Manchi at the Pyman 7. Yet again another quality podcast episode made all the better by including the calming, funny and brilliant interview with Father Eric by the by at the Owl lady an island of calmness amongst turbulent times well, I'm glad we're able to help and again <laughs> I think with the,
1: you're, not, you're not the first person to have mentioned it either
0: no and that's that, that's great that we're still getting feedback from shows that are, that are kind of a couple back yeah uh, next up Alec, Alex McMeekin at Alex.mc uh, good to meet up with you guys last night that was one very shiny brew kit uh, keep up the good work with the podcast and catch you again somewhere where beer may be involved now that was at the london filter yeah game. we met we met alex there he, didn't he yeah. say
1: he uh, recognized one of our voices yes well, both of us recognized and the uh, voices, Yeah. again thank you very much for the congratulations on my recent nuptials as well alex brilliant so it's very nice to hear that uh, miles lambert at miles lambert happy third birthday beer o'clock show another
0: great show i think supermarket beers have come a hell of a long way uh, but so too has the podcast fantastic stuff lads keep up the excellent work well, thank you very much, Miles. Yeah,
1: so well, it's nice to have people uh, enjoy what we do. Yes, and I quite like the uh, the the fact that we've, we've we've progressed as well. Yes. On that note, you're running another, another
0: bit. bit. Um, while you're pouring that, let's talk about the last one we had—the North Ride in Amaretto Porter. Uh, it didn't spend very long in our glasses, did it? It didn't spend very long in the glasses.
1: <laughs> I said, I mean, I, I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy everything they produce, and that was no exception. The only thing for me was, if they'd just called it a porter, I wouldn't have said it was lacking anything.
0: No, it was it was a good straight up porter. I, I think the amaretto only added
1: uh, a very little bit to it for me. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't overpowering because I'm not a massive amaretto fan. No, me either. So I think if it'd been a bit too much, or we'll say a barrel aged version of it, it may have been one I, I may not have been so much a fan of. Really enjoyed that, though.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. And we have a new beer in glass, so uh, what do we have now, mate? So the last of the offerings from Hawkshead. This is, unfashionably late, a beautifully hazy DDH double IPA, which comes in at 7.4%.
0: Okay, well, it
1: is uh, certainly hazy. Visually, it definitely ticks that particular box. Cheers. On the nose, it does. It's almost got that sort of... um,
0: Vegetal? I was I was going to say that's the first thing I get from it is vegetal.
1: Almost like There's, a, there's a little bit of onion in that was, for me yeah. as well. That's quite an overpowering aroma which isn't making me wanting to dive in I have to admit. I'm, I'm with you on that. Right. I'm going in though. Yep. Okay. On the upside the vegetal onion aroma doesn't follow through quite so heavily on the flavour for me. Um But unfortunately this feels like one of those beers I feel like isn't ready. Th- I don't. This isn't how I don't think this is how it should be. I'm not getting those fruity. I'm not getting the fruity aroma, and I'm not getting fruity notes. I'm. I'm not
0: enjoying that at
1: all. It's just dry. It's. It.
0: it it's dry. It's. Uh. It's
1: sticky. It's sweet. Um. It's like freshly squeezed tropical juice. See, it's not. I'm not even getting that for me. I. I'm. I'm lacking some of the. For me, I'm actually lacking some of those traditional tropes for this kind of beer and the nose really doesn't advertise anything that you want to get involved the, the in.
0: nose makes it a real
1: struggle to get into that beer yeah, because it's not subtle on the nose no so not, not the, the, uh, the descriptor of this of this beer uh soft lingering bitterness and big aromas of sun-kissed tropical fruits no uh, from generous dry hopping with citra and mosaic combined together luscious malt base Which includes loads of oats. Sit back, enjoy. The only thing I'm saying agree with that is it's definitely oats, yeah, which gives it that very thick.
0: It's it's thick.
1: Um, This isn't hazy; it's murky. Yeah. So, I'm afraid for me, this is not a win. This is a bit of a miss. Yeah. For for me, this one, it
0: it it really is. Uh, I don't know if it needs a bit more time, but then again, that comes down to that thing. Well, why should I have to be giving giving it time? time? It, it should come to me ready to go. Yeah. Um I can't even f I can't even find a best before date on the can.
1: Yeah, I mean it's um you know, so this is the third out of the beers we've had from them tonight. So forgetting about the one which we did in Periscope, but for the purpose of the show we did the Mosaic, the West Coast, and this one. The West Coast is by far and away the standout beer. Oh
0: without a doubt. It's head and shoulders above yeah. the other two.
1: So shows that they can do it. Um, it feels like with the Mosaic Pale Ale and the DDH Hazy IPA, but they're trying to tick some boxes, and it feels like they've missed the mark on both of them.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd actually put if if we was to include the beer we did on Periscope as well, the Lighter Times, I'd actually
1: put that above these two. I'd have the West Coast, the low alcohol, the Mosaic, and I wouldn't even have this again no i i i'm struggling with this yeah i I really am this may be um a a a quick finish to get into what i'm i am looking forward to the last beer Well, well the penultimate beer yeah we've
0: still got two more well let's let's get through some some more comments while we finish this off
1: yeah so from gregor j at gregor underscore j underscore loving the chat this week interested about this term gateway sour i'm not sure i agree that this is a thing given the wide spectrum of sour beer available and I'm thinking, actually, as an interlude to that, as an intersperse to that, probably your friends, some of your friends probably don't think there's a gateway sour no, no, from no, Saturday, I, no, to be I don't fair. Think so. so. maybe he's got a point. I don't I, f-
0: I don't know. I, I'm going to jump in there because I disagree. Because I think he's he's counted his own argument there by saying, I don't think a gateway sour exists, but there's a wide spectrum of sour yeah. beer available.
1: Um, I don't think that liking Rodenbach or Salty kiss would make you enjoy a face-ripping sour such as Hansen's Experimental Beers. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying um, just because you might like the Gateway one doesn't mean you're ne- necessarily going to fo- go on to the next level.
0: No, but that's... And, and I know we're tearing this comment apart before we've yeah. even got through it, but that's that's the same with any style of beer. So you might find a, a, a West Coast IPA that gives you a huge bitter finish, but that might not be for you, but
1: you might also find one that's just got a subtle bit of finish. Yeah, but I can see, I is, can see the point he's... I can see where the point he's coming from. I can for. see the point he's yeah. making, yeah. Um, so let's start. Let's start. So, interested about this term, Gateway Sour, I'm not sure I agree that this is a thing, given the wide spectrum of sour beers available. I don't think that liking Rodenbach or Sort Kiss would make you enjoy a face-ripping sour such as Hanson's Experimental Beers or something by Cascade, if you don't like these types of beers in the first place. It's such a versatile style which has something for everyone... But doesn't necessarily give you a taste for everything. Interesting to see what everyone thinks. Can you train your palate to like something that makes you recoil in horror? I think you can.
0: I think scientifically you can train your palate to like anything. Isn't I it? didn't
1: like my mite my, my as a kid. Isn't it something like you have to try something 40 times well, to, it, be, to force yourself to. There's definitely a number.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not
1: sure whether it's 40 or not. There's I think definitely I a number. You are, up, you, but are, you are right. There is I, I think you can train a palate. But put it out there. If anyone else has got any thoughts on that one please let us know cause I and, think and some actual science some actual science would, would be great, be great. But I, do, I think I, I can see where i can see where gregor's coming from it's a very detailed uh comment so thank you very much for that gregor definitely one for thinking about yeah because obviously we will have to do a, a sour face two show can't wait at some point in the future probably not this year though
0: so you're okay oh, we haven't got time this year <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can read out in the next one because I'm going to try right and down of this beer
0: okay uh, next one is from beers without frontiers podcast at beers underscore frontiers great show guys many thanks for the shout out about our latest podcast after your comments about the vocation magic rock beer house shall have to give that a try hashtag influencers now this is oh. interesting that oh. <laughs> was I was trying oh. to get to it before that noise happened oh. <laughs> because I could I could see you struggling to, to, to drink that um oh. We'll come back to your reaction in a second. This vocation magic rock beer continues to be an absolute divider of opinions, doesn't it? I'm
1: amazed because we've spoken about it and we have only had good things to say about it. I've I've still not had a bad can. No, so I've had four cans. I've got like I said, I've got some more in the fridge. I'm sure one. Sorry, I'm sure one will make it into the fridge for the weekend as well. And I, 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 it's amazing that this one beer. Which I thought was a dead cert for people liking. So polarising, isn't it? Yeah. How
0: strange, isn't it? It, do, it does make me wonder whether there's a bad batch out there. Or just a different batch. That has made it into some supermarkets and in certain places of the country. But
1: what if that isn't the case? What about if it's just a beer which people, for whatever I've, I've reason... have never known a beer like it. Yeah, I, it's I, amazing. I, I, I this really is becoming haven't. like the archetype archetypal Marmite beer.
0: Yeah. Um, now, oh. you just um, you just finished... Your beer there. You actually yep. necked it in one. Yep. Uh, for the listeners at home uh, that may have seen the original Rocky film, think Rocky drinking the glass of eggs <laughs> as part oh. of his training. That's oh, that's what I've just experienced next to me. I would
1: much rather do that. That was disgusting. Sorry, said, You've been very generous, but that that beer is not how you've described it. That I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy that. Steve has just basically pulled a sour face.
0: Well, it's, it's not a sour face. It's just the the finish is just, it's so
1: unbalanced. Oh, no, it's not. It's, oh, no, moving on. So, I'm going to crack open. We have still actually got some more comments as well. But I'm going to crack open a beer because I need something else to taste now. Okay. So, from Paul at UNRCD. He's very kindly uh, donated a couple of beers to us. Um, I think mainly on the premise that these aren't his preferred styles. He doesn't like dark
0: beers. He's given us all the dark beers um, he doesn't want to drink.
1: Damn. Um, (laughs) This one is a collaboration by Northern Monk and by the River Bruco, And this was for the Northern Powerhouse 2019 series. Um, Imperial Maple Brown comes in at 10%. And
0: for those keeping track, Riverman Brews, it's another brown out. It is another brand out. Of, of their predictions for yep. this year. Um. While you're pouring that, I'll jump in with another comment. So Sean O'Reilly at Uncruhler. Uncruhlier. Uh, official number cruncher, statistician, whatever you can say Stato. at this point of the evening. Uh, happy birthday. I'm up to March 2016 in my listening from the beginning adventure. So I've just realised I don't have many more chances to hear Mark's Aussie twang. Regarding the joiners I was a bit miffed they weren't open at the end of my five mile hike into Bakewell having said that I was quite impressed when I went back later and they were no cast Jaipur but plenty of other great options on cast and keg and a friendly atmosphere
1: so he was in Bakewell the week after you then yeah
0: when the weather was nice
1: (laughs) definitely yeah I can smell this beer I've just poured
0: I I can't so um,
1: are we going to have a little oh wow that's what I could smell I mean, that smells barrel-aged. It does smell barrel-aged. Again, a little bit of sweetness on the nose, perhaps, which I suppose you'd expect from a bit of maple. Yep, That smells good.
0: Cheers, Cheers. and uh, cheers to Paul. Yeah, uh, thank you very much,
1: Paul. Very much needed after that one. Right, first thing I'm going to say is that is a delicious tasting brown ale.
0: There's loads of body to that. There is loads of body to it. It's thick and creamy straight away. But
1: don't you think it's... I think Still thinks quite light. It's yeah. not a viscous thickness. It's not sticky. It's not a sticky viscous thickness, is it? It's not viscous like that last one was. No, this has got, it's got a balanced body. It's got some sweetness, which I presume is, is the maple influence. It's easy to drink. There's no alcohol burn. There's no way this beer is 10%. That's delicious. I think they're blatantly lying to us. That is really, really delicious. That is really, really tasty. And it, yeah, it feels like it's... Uh, it feels like it's... Although they're talking about the heritage from, you know, about Newcastle brewers and brown owls, this definitely feels like it's got an American influence to... Yeah, it. very much so. Um, to me, that's yeah. properly nice. I,
0: I feel this may have been slightly influenced by... Um, if you've ever had founders do... Not the KBS, yeah, the CBS, the yes. Canadian version of their stout. Oh, it could and, be, and that's that's a straight up stout. is yeah. obviously this is a maple brown. Feels like there's maybe some influence come from there. Well, it's worse influence. On, on, on worse the influence continent. to take. Yeah, but this is this is a this is a really good beer, Paul. You you're actually missing out on something really good yes. here. Yes, yes. We're not now. We're not. No, thank you very much. <laughs> but this is uh yeah really tasty stuff. Um. So, uh, another comment we've had is from Ronnie Bean, at Ronnie Bean, uh, who says, Them, can anyone suggest a good spot in Barcelona? Me, as a matter of fact, I can. Cheers, lads, at Beer O'Clock Show, Opinions 91, hashtag Public Service Podcasting, hashtag Barcelona Tourist Board. (laughs) So, I'm guessing from that, that... Maybe somebody asked Ron if he knew of any places to go in Barcelona, and I've mentioned a few. And he had listened to the show, so he was able to share those yeah. recommendations. Well, glad to be of service. That's, well, that's that's what we do here, it is, isn't it?
1: It's, it's almost like the BBC.
0: Yes, public service. Um, next up, we've got craft lover Mark Johnson. <laughs> I did mean, love I love Mark this tweet when I saw Johnson. it. Um, oh, I see. Those were your favourite shows and guests, were they? Well, you can forget the barley wine special now. I enjoyed this. Stephen Martin Studio Chats are my fave shows. Good opinions discussion this show too. So cheers, Mark. Um, <laughs> the last one for a while, this one. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we have got a few guests joining us over the next few weeks. True, but,
1: but you were one of those guests and it was a very well-received show as well. Yeah,
0: it was, it was indeed. And Mark, we would love to have you back on and we would love to drink barley wines yeah, with you. But we'd love to have you back even if you don't bring the barley wine. Absolutely, yeah. Just just come back and enjoy some beers with us and just just chat to us again. Because <laughs> that what that's what made it so great. Um Graham Meekin at Graham underscore Meekin says just listen to the latest podcast, a great listen as always. Am I right in thinking that you've never been to the Hoping Car If not you have to go. Great pub, great beer and dead easy to get to on the Thames link. You have
1: no excuse. Now obviously Reference, number one fan, Paul, you and Everyone must be sick and tired of hearing Paul's name yeah. tonight. However, um, I've always looked at it and thought, how do we do this logistically to get over there? Especially we went on a, a Thursday, which seems to be the Paul's preferred night as well. And I'm trying to work it out. But when uh, Graeme said about the Thamesley, I did have a quick look. And City Thamesley, which is a 10-minute walk for me, it is 35 minutes or so. And apparently the hope is quite close to the station. Okay. So I did look at it. Again, getting there just, from the it's, office it's, isn't too bad. It's doable. It's, it's just home though. It's isn't coming it? home again because then you're in, you've got then get get across the city again and then back out. But as an actual going, it actually doesn't seem as bad as I thought it was. So yeah. it's it's on the list. Trust me, it's on the list. For me, I'll always go it is simply logistics.
0: Yeah, uh, and and that's a, a lot of it boils down to. Yeah, it. sometimes
1: it's it. the logistic coming home. Yeah, getting to somewhere because we went out to uh, when we you know we did the goose island thing a few years ago, ended up in Parson's Heath. Yes, Parson, but Parson, it was a yeah, pain
0: yeah, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. arse coming back
1: again, wasn't it? Yeah, it just took forever. Because it take yeah, it takes so long to get some, yeah. to to some place. But um, it is on the list. And yeah, speaking of the fancy published, uh, I have done my tot up. Because we've got the spreadsheet now.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. So we put out um, a post. Uh, a few people had requested the full list, which we mentioned in the Fantasy Pub Call show. Now, that, that did exist, but it was there only for the purposes of the development of that show. I then deleted it after we finished the prep for that show. And then, obviously, when people started asking for it, I then had to spend a few hours <laughs> recompiling said list. So got a list put it onto a spreadsheet and then me being me i had to go one step further and not just include uh, the name of the place but full address the country it was from the type of the pub and a, a link to their website as, as well so we put that up on the website there'll be a link in the show notes if you're not set yet seen that um about 196 195 96 different places on that list uh, which when we put it up people then started somebody asked the question of how many have you been to? <laughs> and then everybody started saying how many they had been to. So um, somebody, didn't make a note of his name, has done 61.
1: Oh, I can't remember his name, of, but I did see him I did see him say that. And I thought, well, that's good, because I've done my tot-up. I mean, up. That's, that's a third. I've done my tot-up, bearing in mind that I had eight were my choices anyway. A head start of eight, yeah. Um, I got, in the end, because I had to use paper and pen in the end, I got a 48 of the list. Okay.
0: I think I'm still at 43 but I've not done an actual proper go through on a spreadsheet on a computer. That's only looking at it on the phone. It's quite difficult to do it on the phone. Yeah,
1: I, I, that's why I ended up doing the panel. But I have to admit, I've, people have been really engaged with this. I know, and not just with this
0: as well, because as part of that blog we said, what other yeah. fantasy things would you like us to do? We've got loads. So, um, no, there
1: no. are, this is definitely, as they say, got legs
0: absolutely i mean don't expect one in the next couple of months because we're already planned up until probably february in in terms of content but, but we may come back with our new season in 2020 with a, a another fantasy thing i think
1: there'll definitely be something in 2020 yeah, we've yeah. got a fancy element to it so thank you again to everyone who's been getting engaged oh it's been
0: brilliant it's been it's been great that people have got involved in that list in suggestions for other lists and, and and for all sorts it's just it's one that can go and go and go and we even had an offer from um michael at mick McGrathy to do an interactive map yeah as as well which would be fantastic if he if he does that i mean i'd i was going to plot all the places onto a google map but after the many hours it spent me just to put the spreadsheet together Let's i was stop. like
1: i can't do a map i just i just can't do it It would look like one of those, if you did one of those maps, even on Google Maps, it'd look like one of those things they have for like a CSI investigation with bits of thread going everywhere.
0: Although I do hope that if um, Michael's interactive map allows people to go in and say, yes, I've been here, we might be able to get some stats on how many people have been to which places.
1: Yeah, it's when someone says they've been to like the cantina in Star Wars, right? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling bullshit
0: (laughs) on that without a doubt. Um and while we're talking about Michael as well final comment from from this week's bitter and Lingerness. Uh any chance you could go weekly i just convinced myself there was a show out today and now i'm disappointed um, <laughs> sorry michael yeah really sorry uh we we were weekly obviously but um it's just too much as as a hobby it's it's too much for us to do yeah, this on we, a weekly basis we, we
1: did try and don't get me wrong meeting up once a week sharing a few beers sharing our faults was excellent but it's one night but you then haven't got another that free night again. Steve's got to edit cause if you're doing it on a Monday, he's still releasing on a Thursday. So eventually, we just got to a point where it's like this isn't sustainable.
0: Yeah, uh, and 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 that's that's absolutely it. it's not. If if we could, if we if we were paid to do this, I'd happily do it week. I'd do it daily if if, <laughs> if, if, if I was. If I was paid. I, my liver can't afford for us to do this daily. No, maybe the Daily daily Opinions podcast isn't going to be a thing on BBC Sounds any time yeah. soon.
1: Advocating binge drinking. Yeah. How often uh, do you do it? Well, seven days a week.
0: Yeah. Um, but, but certainly, you, you know, if we were able to, we'd, we'd absolutely do it weekly. But it's just,
1: as you say, it's just not sustainable. No, no. But... I still take that as a compliment, so thank you very much, Michael. Yes,
0: a- absolutely. And uh, Michael, one of the uh, original number one fans. Yes. From from the the show. Yeah, as
1: uh, as Sean has mentioned on his uh, look back, hasn't he?
0: Yes, yes. Previously known as Doody, Yeah, for 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 those of many that, that don't remember. Yeah, Um we are rapidly heading towards the end of this beer. We are because it is a very very tasty ten percent beer.
1: Before every show, we haven't really worked out the order, so. There's a lot of planning, which we do. The order is always the we, we last thing. We never plan thing.
0: the beers, do we? No. And then
1: tonight we sort of said, okay, well, we'll stick that there, do that. Let's maybe bring in the porter as a bit of a birthday beer, as a porter break. This beer has come in at the perfect time after the, the, the hazy IPA.
0: I, I, I think so. I, I think we were both unhappy with the
1: hazy IPA. This is brilliant. And, and this has brought it back. Again, so the, this is the second year of the Northern Powerhouse Series, isn't it? Yes. Um, I didn't buy I didn't buy the set this year. I bought the set last year when it came out during the World Cup and did them while England were playing Sweden, I think. Um, this is a fantastic beer. Fantastic beer. I just noticed it says 007 on it. Oh. See, I might actually have to you're, keep you're this label. You're having that label. I aren't? might have yeah, to keep yeah. this label. Um, it's superb. It's a 10% beer. It smells barrel-aged but it tastes quite light as well, but it, it's so well balanced, superbly drinkable, not a hint of that 10% alcohol really. No. Doesn't feel it, doesn't taste it, doesn't drink it.
0: It's got a real lasting sweetness at the end. Yeah. That, that just sits around on the back of the mouth. Just residual. Yeah, yeah, and, and every time you take a little bit more, it just washes over it and, and reminds you of what you're doing.
1: Have you got anything else to share with people before I share the very last beer of the year?
0: We have a single question this week. Questions, questions, (laughs) fill my head. Who's that from? Well, that is from the much (laughs) aforementioned Paul at UNRCD, who essentially this whole segment is here after because he's always got a question for us. Um, This week he's simply asking, does the name of a beer ever put you off of buying that beer?
1: I was thinking about this one. and I'm, not, I'm sure there is a time when that has happened. And, and I guess the obvious example these days would be those rubbish postcard humour, in inverted yeah. commas, cask beers, where they've used some rubbish name, and I'm assuming the beer's going to be shit. That's probably the best example I can come up with.
0: Um, I think I agree with what you're saying there. For me, something like, you know, Super sour, the most sour beer ever going to drink. Sour sour beer. Okay, but that's would
1: would very much put me off of if that was the name of a beer. Yeah, but that's more that'd be more of a descriptor than a name of the beer, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: I don't know. Sometimes I'm I'm put off a little bit by um, I don't know whether it's the name of things, and and it might lean itself slightly to what you were saying. Put off more around the marketing around things. Yeah. So recently, you know, for all the for all the praise that we've given BrewDog this evening... You wouldn't have bought the pink IPA? And I wouldn't have bought the Hello, My Name is Boris, yeah, or, or whatever it is they released recently. Um, I just, I, I wish they'd stopped that shit. I thought they had. I thought they'd just, grown out of it. Just focus on what you're good at.
1: Yeah, I thought they'd grown out of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so so I think it's probably a resounding yes. Yeah from both us that sometimes we're, we're put off of buying a beer
1: but again if anyone else has got a, any specifics or thoughts on that then let us know
0: use the hashtag opinions uh, we'll find you and we will do our best to include you in a future show now you've rapidly finished oh, joining. am coming! that was so
1: welcome after the beer the other one yeah um, and that's largely because we've got one more beer to finish with yeah this evening. so because it is your birthday which we've mentioned a few times now we have got um, a beer from a box that was sent to us, la- well, November December time last year, and we've mentioned it before. This is the BrewDog Advent Calendar, and I think this was their their big their big box, again, yeah. both in the ABV of the beers and the number of beers in the box. Now, also,
0: I think the price point that this this is the, the most more expensive say, one, yeah.
1: Right? Uh, this beer, um, apparently, uh, we could do best before twenty seven. Okay, however,
0: we're going to do it tonight. We're not
1: waiting that long. No, no. Uh, because no it is your birthday, which it's only a small beer, as in it's a small bottle. It's
0: 110 mils,
1: isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so, effectively, it's. I mean, this is ultimate craft, and this is almost like the pour at an all in festival. Yeah. However, you probably wouldn't normally have a pour of a 41% ice distilled India pale ale. Do you know what? This is making me, you're laughing about this, but. The most recent men behaving badly podcast. They referred back to the show we did with them, where we did
0: twenty six percent,
1: which was the brew dog beer. Yeah, how do you reckon they'd f- <laughs> yeah, lads?
0: Lads, we've just um, we've just topped that one on on here. I think this is possibly
1: it's the biggest beer we've ever done. Okay, well I think the twenty six percent was probably the biggest then. and we have had the odd gin or whiskey yeah but beer wise um this is definitely
0: oh my word look at that it's actually got carbonation in the head as well which i wasn't expecting right, so let's i was make sure. expecting it to be kind of syrupy and almost i don't know like
1: almost sh- i want to say sherry like it's got a very sherry what like color to it okay it's got a nose to it Whew. right for the last time on the show happy birthday Steve thank you very much woo no it's got a very um, spirit nose to it right
0: before you even taste that then yeah from that nose I'm, I'm getting what you're saying in terms of the spirits are you getting any single characteristic of anything that might have previously been an IPA
1: god no I can't smell beer no, I can
0: smell I there's maybe a little bit of marmalade in there. That's fine.
1: Toffee. Out. I can taste a bit more beer, but it's definitely got a um a spirit oh, there's the heat. There's the alcohol. Ooh. You can definitely taste the spirit element to it, and it's also a bit thicker. It's almost got like a dessert wine thickness to it. Look at the way it's on the glass. It's it's coating that it glass. Is coating isn't it? It's coating the glass.
0: It's, it's it's viscous.
1: This is a sort of beer in inverted commas that you um, should have on a cold winter's night when you can feel on early onset cold.
0: See now, I've had this before when it was in the bigger bottle and it, it came wrapped up with a resealable lid as as well. And yeah, I would say that's a good idea. I don't remember it tasting like this. I remember it tasting very different than I remember it tasting much more spirity than than this. Um the only one of or not the only one I've I've not that that they did one above this, which was fifty odd percent. Yeah that wasn't that about fifty six or something? Which was served in dead squirrel yeah or, or something obviously and and the one below it is tactical nuclear penguin which is a ice distilled stout I've never had that and I really want to try the tactical nuclear penguin
1: because it's a stout okay why don't we save that if we can ever get hold of that one that's the ne- that's the one we'll share with the follow up show with men behaving badly yeah oh, I'm sure they'd love that they would love
0: it yeah yeah, because they love
1: stouts. They love stouts. They love dark beers. Let's, let's give them a nice distilled one. They like they like lofts yeah. as much as they like
0: stouts. <laughs> um, wow, that's a big beer. Yeah, okay, that's, on, that,
1: we're going to be drinking this after we close well, the show. We are.
0: Yeah, we're not finishing this while we close the show. So we've got one uh, reminder. for for, for people there are still two weeks until the end of September and on the last show we did set a competition that would run until the end of the uh, the the competition (laughs) (laughs) apparently it would run until the end of September Uh, and that was uh, for a Thornbridge Jaipur t-shirt and all you had to do was tell us how many pints were served at Peak Ender.
1: Yep we have had some answers come through. We have
0: had some answers and they've all been right so far. Um, we're not going to tell you how many were served on this nope. show. You're going to have to go back and listen to the previous show. Exactly. If, if you want a chance of winning that T-shirt, the option's still there. Once you've got the number, DM us. If you're right, we'll add you to the list, and we'll do that draw on the next show.
1: And speaking of the next show, Steve. Yes. Where are we?
0: We are going not too far from our home studio. No. Nope. We are going just down the road to Leon C Brewery.
1: Yep. Who have been, had a few mentions in the last couple of shows, including this one.
0: Yeah. We're quite excited to, to, to record them because yeah. um, we feel they share a lot of the same philosophies as us. Yeah. they Views as us in terms they of They feel
1: like a very, um, a much more modern brewer in our county than a lot of the other ones are. That's not differentiating between good and bad. That's just saying there's a... It feels like they're more awake to what else is going on,
0: yes. So, if anybody has any of our listeners have any questions that they'd ask us to, that ask oh, stuff, oh, this is what happens, it's what happens when you drink 41% yeah. beer at the end of a podcast. Um, if anybody's got any questions they want us to ask Leon T Brewery, let us know. Use the hashtag opinions, we'll find those questions uh, and we'll ask those. Uh, it should be
1: a good evening We're
0: very it much should be a good evening hopefully
1: then have a, you know, we'll be able to try a few of their beers while we sit in the tap room and discuss it I've been to the tap room this is all pretty new for you because you're not I've never been there you haven't been to the tap room I think you've only tried a couple of their beers before
0: I've had the Legra, which I thoroughly enjoyed I've had the SS9 yeah. which, which I thoroughly enjoyed as well so
1: hopefully they'll both be on because I think that's definitely both ends of their spectrum yeah. but there's loads of beers in between and they have a good mix between you know keg and cask yeah. as well so should um, be a really nice show. Before we go, and before we have one final sip of this beer, I just want to give a shout out to the Riven Brews Live podcast, which I listened to when I was on my way to Plymouth. I've probably enjoyed it. It was good.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, it sounded like
1: it was a good evening. Um, it came across well. Um, you know, it was
0: great to actually hear a beer expert pairing beer with music. So not, not Andrew and Luke then. No, it's <laughs> br- always brilliant to have the, uh, the, the guest, Pete Brown, <laughs> joining them on that. Um,
1: and it was good to see that Paul um, asks questions of everyone. Absolutely, yeah,
0: yeah. But well, there was a lot of looking at our table when it came to questions in terms of you guys must have questions because I presume
1: there was you, Paul and Matt, Matt and Dan was with us as well. All oh, right, so okay, so yeah, they were definitely prepared for questions from that table. Yes, then. absolutely. Uh, so no, I, I did very enjoy the show. So yeah, Andrew Luke, well done, and um, look forward to maybe I can make your next live show.
0: Yeah, I think it'll probably be next summer. They seem to do it every year now. Yeah, so. I'll be up for that. Yeah, so me, me too. All right, got let's
1: again. have a, a final sip of this one, today. Okay, and uh, cheers, cheers.